0: I just came back from a baby shower, dude. You know, you, you have a bit of a baby shower, right? Um, I go to them every single other day over here. Every time that you and your you and your wife keep having children. Stop having children, Adam. Too many children. I keep
1: telling, I keep telling her, let's just stop having children, but they're still here every day. They're they don't go away. <laughs> anyway, more children are entering this earth out,
0: Adam. I I came back from a baby shower and you know you know, sometimes baby showers have games, right? And you just kinda keep 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 your keep your guests like entertained and stuff while they give you free shit for your for your fucking hell spawn but like you know uh well the the you know the friend of mine that i came back from the baby shower from like i guess they were trying to be edgy or whatever so what what the game was is that they'd hand out pieces of paper with like women's faces and you had to guess if the like the face was like from a porn or if it was a picture of a woman in labor and uh i gotta say dude like as a connoisseur it's a little embarrassing to admit but like i got like a perfect score in that game but not for the reason that you would think adam i actually watch i actually just watch a lot of delivery videos
1: oh so you're like oh that was you know lisa v from from 2015 i remember that one really well
0: you too can watch all these videos at (laughs) bornhub.com
1: oh where did you come up with that one it's so lame it's right there dude it's right there anyway it's like a dad dad joke but it's like still x-rated it's it's edgy this is a dad joke for other dads interesting it's for you know dads who are still in their early 20s i guess absolutely Um, nice to talk to you again oh yeah there you go
0: (laughs) (laughs) welcome to the show everybody we've got a very special episode in the making we should have did this five years ago folks but we're doing it now it's the year 2021 a lot of these albums that we're gonna be talking about you read you read the the title of this episode you know what you know what to expect you're excited you're just as excited as we are baby this is the 15 year anniversary of the year Two thousand and six yeah. <laughs> Happy birthday two thousand and six you did it. Fucking legend. We'll say it's the five year anniversary from when we should have done this list. It's the five year anniversary of the ten year anniversary of these
1: albums. Congratulations, <laughs> we, albums, you did it. Remember you know, twenty sixteen not the best year for Mike majority of the year, so he wasn't oh, no. like, excited about too much going on in the world.
0: Life so, wasn't uh, life wasn't great for the majority of that year, no.
1: So he just would like to Hey guys, did you know that this album's 10 years old today? It's one of my favorite <laughs> albums of all time and
0: Thrice <sighs> got back together to be everywhere <laughs> to be nowhere. I'm sure it'll be great.
1: It? Amity Affliction, this is heartbreak. This, this uh, is, what a
0: what a heartbreak. funny joke Adam. <laughs> but you know what's great is
1: other better albums from 2006.
0: <laughs> Absolutely. This is a long time coming. But So because of the 15-year anniversary of some of these fantastic albums, dare I say, from the best year in music in our lifetime, 2006, we're going to be doing the top 10 albums of 2006. Take it away, Johnny.
1: I agree, but on further uh, insights, um, as I have tallied up how many albums I have. So, um, I have, you know, 14 albums from 2006, but on your 2000, your original 100 top 100 albums list. Well, technically there's 241 albums on my
0: list. So you gotta, (laughs) no, I mean like 14 albums from 2006 on your original top 100 list. Is that what you're saying?
1: No, there's 14 albums on my top 241 list, is what I'm saying. Oh, so my God. So technically, 2011 has 15 albums. Oh. and that's a lot of albums. 2013 has 14 albums. Oh, nice. So, you know, technically, there's other, sometimes more superior years out there. Yeah, I was telling you no. Who, Who'd have thought 2011 of all the years? But anyway, I, that's just yeah, where, where I'm at these days.
0: I know we. I, I'm pretty. We did do a two, top ten of 2011, right? I could have sworn we yes. did. That was one of our Doc yeah. Brown episodes.
1: Uh, well, we we did it when we did our decade in review. Oh sure, yeah, Yeah, that's right. So, but I'm I just was saying, going back.
0: Like, Go ahead
1: there was just a lot of uh of, of new research that i had to do this week I, it almost killed me trying to keep up with this list <laughs> as well as the the five albums from last week and then starting on the five albums from this week like i literally was like nervous breakdown pending here but i made it all the way through i enjoyed listening to these albums much more than albums from this year but it's okay <laughs> and i got to say
0: i wasn't expecting you to finish this list so quickly you know i kind of ca- you know i caught up with you like middle of the week mm-hmm. or towards the end of the week and stuff and i was like oh what do you want to tackle for the show and it's like oh i'm done with my list i'm like what
1: <laughs> you you just needed a week like all right i was no i i was, I, I, I was in the middle of my list at that point oh, but cool. i'm like i've already come this far why am i going to 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 put this off any longer exactly yeah why know, not i already put in and and some things needed to be changed. Some numbers needed to be adjusted. There were there were things that I like had put down as eleven tracks when actually it was twelve tracks or thirteen mm. tracks when it was actually twelve tracks. And 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 numbers switched. And I needed to reestablish where these albums are in my life grand scheme of things because some of these albums I haven't listened to since twenty seventeen, and because you know you you just you you know in your mind where they're at, so you know you don't have to listen to them. But then I was able to do that again to make sure nice, that dude. It is where it stands. There's and been a busy there week were albums. <laughs> there were albums that I've listened to since 2015 or so that I never put onto my top 100 albums list that should have been there. And so I had to like re it was just like this entire renegotiation of the entire list. And if it's nothing, this goddamn podcast is the integrity <laughs> of the goddamn list.
0: <sighs> anyway. I, prom, I promise you, Adam, our very last episode will be like the last in a series of like our updated top 100 list.
1: I promise you. <laughs> the integrity needs to be established early. Okay. Mike someday. Oh, that reminds me. I need to, I need to go pull out your, uh, uh, your, uh, your top 100 list. And, oh, okay. And just for continuity's sake. So, okay. Uh, I have my, integrity can you.
0: Well, I have mine open, so I will go oh. ahead and keep talking. So I'll, I'll just okay. I'll just remind the folks where they can find us on social media, folks. We are going to be sunsetting our Facebook page actually by the end of this month. Neither of us like Facebook. We don't, you know, we don't. We try not to use it too much or anything like. And really, the show is the only reason why we keep clinging on to that stupid ass website that's you know full of Nazi garbage. But uh, so we're going to be sunsetting that uh, by the end of this yeah, month. Damage. And uh, so so where you can find us uh, afterwards are both on discord where you can find the link to our public invite in the description of this episode, or you can uh, follow us over on Twitter at the, at the skinny pod. Uh, if you want to go over talk to me over on Instagram, that's at Mike wears Prada, or you can send us an email at the skinny with Mike and Adam. Dot gmail dot com. And uh, Adam, are you there?
1: I'm, I'm always there i'm so You're always close. there he's We're back there. baby oh. he's
0: got the old binder which is well can you can you explain to the folks what the name of the old binder was the mitt romney something or other
1: oh yeah hold on a second
0: <laughs> i'm very excited about doing this uh this episode here like i said it's been a long time coming 2006 has been you know uh of a, a the the best year in music in my life uh you know at, at, at least and you know it was kind of around this, this isn't like when i started like getting into like scene music think mean, that was around like 2003 2004 and stuff but like these are like follow-ups to a bunch of bands and albums that like i got into around the time and i think a lot of that is nostalgia and a lot of that is just kind of like you know i had high expectations for these for these albums and they didn't disappoint at all um but i think it's safe to say that like these albums upon re-listen and re-listen and re-listen over the past 15 years they still hold up and they don't they don't get old like a lot of albums i feel like do you know and it's interesting
1: you listen to them and you're just like this doesn't sound like an old album but for me some of these i didn't listen to until later in my days but anyway
0: yeah and a lot a lot of that i think has to do with maybe the state of the music scene itself where it is just kind of trying to keep catching that nostalgia trip where i do feel like a lot of like uh uh the fan base is like trapped in this era just kind of refusing to evolve refusing to change and move on uh that, that's there's a, there are exceptions of course but uh you know I, I think this year being the gold standard of what is known as the the music scene is um both great and also i feel like a detriment to like the overall music progress but that's another topic for the for another day but uh, but the today we're just going to be celebrating these albums that we love so much and because a lot of these have the 15 year anniversary coming up at least for my top 10 um doesn't look like uh we have one we have one that's coming up just next sunday uh but the rest of them are coming up a little bit later in the late spring summer and even fall so uh, i've got Thanks. the dates over here so you know we 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 have a lot to say about all these albums we are going to have some crossover of course so you know we'll we'll look up the dates and we'll come up with the you know we'll, we'll figure out when the actual anniversary
1: is uh but uh, adam do, do you have do you have anything to add um let's just say out of these 14 albums uh, three of them I actually listened to in 2006 Mm. and one of them was really close to 2006, but it it missed the cut. Yeah. (laughs) So, but these were, yeah, all things that, that came into my life well after 2006 more so. And Mike was just like, I guess I'll start sharing the kinds of music I like with, with my friend, Adam. And, uh, Here's, you know, and, and, and other albums that uh, were more influential to the scene, but all of them uh, are great. I mean, I, I, I wasn't too into music uh, apparently in 2006. <laughs> so, <laughs> you just only been into music your entire life, right?
0: <laughs> just not right. in 2006 until Mike came along, right?
1: <laughs> it's, it's really interesting. Cause I, I think I've already said that, you know, my, my grunge years got developed around 2002 and then by, Early 2005 was when I finally branched a little bit away and and actually listened to that American Idiot album. So that was early 2005. And then, yeah, then I I knew a few of these bands had albums coming out in 2006, but I was not paying attention to the music scene beneath the surface of what uh, the corporate shrill was telling me to listen to at the time. So um, yeah, you yeah. definitely didn't have
0: your ear to the ground the same way like I did at the time. Cause you know, I was subscribed to like alternative press magazine back when that was a music magazine. Uh, <laughs> uh, I know, just subscribe. spent
1: the last, the last two years in grad school, not paying attention to most things in pop culture.
0: Yeah. You had a lot on your plate. Yeah. So it's a lot, it's, you know, <laughs> it's, it's, it's definitely like understandable that like, you know, music kind of fell to the wayside at that point in your life. But um, I mean, you were telling me off air earlier this week too that like you know, two thousand six was a little bit of a rough year
1: for you, man. It it was. It was. I mean, not only were some of my uh favorite bands releasing albums that were really, really bad, but uh there was also like sadness that happened in, in that world. So uh you know, like two thousand five was uh, graduated from grad school and, and got married, you know, all within the span of, you know, two and a half months. And and moved out of and moved out of my mom's house Congratulations! Um, all, all between may and july of uh of 2005 and then you're just like man this is it i've done it i got like my full-time job i moved out of my parents house i got married it's like this is where life is supposed to be i'm 24 years old i'm probably i'm finally a grown-up and 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 then you realize like oh life's not so so great when you're just first out on your own and you're like can oh, i move I'm, back I'm in here. mom <laughs> it's scary out <laughs> um, here I have all these bills and then like not all this money to pay them with. So it's like, oh, look, I, you know, have, you know, 40 extra dollars for the next two weeks to spend on fun things. (laughs) (laughs) You know, like those, those subtle realities start to start to creep in over the course of those beginning days. I can finally afford uh, that gumball I've been wanting. (laughs) So in the midst of that it was like all you know all the friends that I had had during my early 20s none of them like went to grad school or even college in some cases let alone getting married and moving in with their wives so it was like all of a sudden this like rift started between like the single people and the married people and me and Don were, you know, the only married people. And mm. all of a sudden it was like, oh, people aren't like able to hang out anymore. And oh, pe- like, oh, I'm busy with my like other single friends who can stay out till three in the morning, drinking and driving to Vegas in the middle of the night. And so it's just like, you feel this little co- disconnection. And, you know, I didn't have any bands at the time because um, fellow bandmates were busy with, with their lives. Um, and then, uh, so there was like a little bit of that. So it was a lot of like, Like you, you work all week long and then you come home on the weekends, but there's nothing to do and you have no money to do it with anyway. So (laughs) it was like this very bizarre frame of mind to be into while you're like, but I'm, but I'm like, I'm out on my own. I'm an adult, blah, blah, blah. So you know, I'm sure you you remember that kind of when you first moved out. It was probably a similar situation, I would imagine.
0: Yeah, I moved out um, in the summer of 2005. So, you know, I've oh, just, just like me. yeah, so just like very recent. But you know, I was a lot I was a lot younger than you two. I I, I didn't get a chance to go to college either. So, like, I moved out of my parents. I was 19. Yeah, yes. yeah, 19 at in 2005. Um, and so, so I moved out. I moved in with my cousin. Uh, we were in like the, the San Bernardino highland, like border, of of, of that city and stuff. So, and then, you know, a couple okay. years later I would meet you, uh, and then, uh, a couple. so that's right. That?
1: A couple years, just a couple years. Yeah. yeah we
0: met in uh, December of 2007. Uh, but, uh, what do you call it? So I kind of just spent 2005 and 2006 just kind of acclimating to, you know, being on my own working and you know kind of hanging out with like the few friends that i had and mm-hmm. uh and of course like getting into music i went to warp tour for the first time in 2006 mm-hmm. yeah you oh yeah, yeah it was 2006 you're right of, yeah you so a lot um, of out here. yeah and uh so and you i know, saw <laughs> i saw pearl jam at the forum but oh anyway. <laughs> we'll talk a little bit about pearl jam later in this episode uh but uh yeah so i mean i've I, I'm sorry to hear that it was like a rough time for you, but I I can understand why, you know?
1: I was in the middle of my story there too. Oh yeah, go ahead. I'm sorry. <laughs> like I not only did I, <laughs> not only did I move to, you know, the 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 northern end of San Bernardino mm-hmm. that year, across from the university of which my wife was attending, but uh, shortly after that was uh, when my, my stepmom started having oh, serious right. health problems. Yeah. Mm. And it was just like, Hmm, well, I don't know what's going on here. It takes like a long time to like start diagnosing things and wondering what's going on and um, and then like slowly throughout 2006 uh you know things just went progressively downhill and you know when you go when you when you go to the hospital to hang out with your with your with one of your parents who's who's you know getting their chemo treatments and has to be in the hospital for like a week at a time while well, they're just like feel miserable but it's just like hey like, we're gonna come and hang out and try to have a fun time and yeah try to around. cheer you up a little bit you know yeah <coughs> Um, so there was like that, there's like all this optimism of just like, oh, everything's going to be fine. Like, you know, people beat cancer all the time. We're going to do this. Okay. Blah, 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 blah. And then, you know, 2006 just kind of keeps rolling on and rolling on. And it's just like, well, she's not getting better and she's not getting better. And then, um, finally on, on my birthday in 2006, oh, uh, no, was, dude. was, was the day that her and I We, we went to out to lunch, our favorite place, Simple Simons, downtown Riverside. Mm -hmm. And, um, then she took me to Best Buy to buy my iPod that I still have to this day. Oh, my gosh. Oh. <laughs> I finally I finally had to retire it when I realized how how wonderful streaming services are. But,
0: <laughs> but you still <laughs> have it, though. Like, yeah, like I still have away, it. So, yeah. yeah.
1: It's in my drawer right now. So nice. she bought me that, and we were just like, man, I got an iPod. This is amazing. This is going to like change my life. And it did. Like It literally did. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, we, we went from Best Buy to to the hospital to, you know, find out her her most recent test results of them like coming in. And we're just like, no, everything's fine. Everything's fine. We're just like, blah, blah, blah everything's fine. This it's going to be the best and, birthday ever. <laughs> and then the doctor comes in and they're just like, yeah, it's back. And we're just like, oh, It's God. fine, it's fine. going to be fine. Everything's and we'll just fine. fight
0: we're it again. <laughs> the and, this year, yeah,
1: blah, blah, blah. and then like, so that was my birthday, October 10th. And, by and she died on October 28th. Oh, fuck, So literally dude. what, oh. 18 days later, where it was just yeah. like that whole time, we're just like, no, we're going to keep on fighting this, we're going to this, blah, 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 And then it was just like, no, they're going to put her on hospice and they're just going to send her home now because there's nothing they can do. And like, we'll just have a, have a hospital bed in my mom's, you know, living room. And uh, then I think, yeah, somewhere around the 26th. Was like the first time I went to my mom's house and it was just like, she like a bunch of people were there, but like Mari was just not lucid. Like she was, she was like awake and asleep at the same time and trying to like, you know, be social but not Mm -hmm. able to and you're just like
0: everyone was there to say their goodbyes is that what
1: it was (laughs) pretty much yeah Yeah. and it was like but my like little 25 year old brain was just like i'm not gonna believe this like everything's gonna be fine we'll be fine everything's fine (laughs) so jesus christ i hadn't dealt with any uh you know close deaths uh in my entire life and so uh finally we went you know back on the 28th and that was you know where it like like oh well, never saw somebody not never saw somebody die before. That was mm-hmm. interesting. Oh my god, I've totally brought this podcast down to a crushing uh <laughs> crushing emotional weight. But uh yeah. I think that's gonna uh, affect the placement of some of these albums, I'm sure, dude. I I'm so to, sorry to hear that. I need to move my number ten album up to my number one album. Oh no. <laughs> <laughs> um, so you like there like that was me in two thousand six. It wasn't like the best of years. Yeah. Um, and, and, and then like, like after October, like all I could do was just throw myself into sports to like mm-hmm. cope. Cause I, I just didn't know what else to do. And like, that was the year that the, the chargers and the bears both went like 14 and two. And, Thirteen and three, so yeah. they were like they were both like having incredible seasons, and they were like number one seeds going into the playoffs. And I was like, "This is the year! This is the year they're going to play each other in the Super Bowl." And then Tom Brady showed up to play the Chargers and, uh, <laughs> in the playoffs that year, yeah. in early two thousand seven. But you know that's okay. And then Peyton Manning beat the Bears in the Super Bowl. But whatever, we don't need to talk about sports because not a lot of people <laughs> like that. Um, but no, I just thought I would throw that out there that like I've always hesitated to like look at two thousand six. In an an enjoyable fashion Mm, until some of these albums came up and I was like, well, man, if I had been listening to some of these albums in 2006, who knows what the hell the world would have been like. Um, But uh, I didn't know Mike at the time, so I obviously was not a very bright man. A different, different soul back
0: then. Yeah. So while some of us were living 2006, you know, going to concerts and being a young single guy with his friends and discovering new music and discovering the best albums that of my entire life, you know, some of us unfortunately had, um, you know, some personal stuff that they had to deal with. So, you know, exactly. maybe maybe we shouldn't talk too much about the
1: Black Parade uh, this, week's, <laughs> <laughs> this week's episode. No, that's
0: funny. The celebration of
1: death. You know, why not? Just but, say, uh, three. Three of my albums were the ones that I listened to that year. Uh, none of them are in my top ten. Oh, okay. Well, do, well, well. Before we get into the top ten, do you want to shout out any albums? So yes, yeah, so I'll just say my fourteen through eleven right here. Which again, some of these are 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 old, but um, I still recommend them highly. Now, um, the the killers released an album this year uh, called Sam's Town, which is their number ah. two album. And uh, that hit song "When You Were Young" was tearing up the VH ones and whatnot. I fucking and, love uh, that song. Unironically, love that song. I don't know how familiar you are with that album at all. I don't think I've but, ever heard the album, though. It, it's a good album. I, I highly recommend it, especially if you. I mean, it's 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 picking up where the first album kind of left off um, with some really really good stuff. I actually heard that song or that album December thirty first two thousand six when I was flying home from Missouri and like I was on the plane and the plane, it was like the first time I was able to like turn on albums. Like it had that video screen. Oh, it cool. Was like, hey, you can, you can listen to albums. And I was like, Oh, Hey, the killers have an album on here. I should listen to this. And so, and I remember thinking like, wow, there's some really good songs on there. Maybe someday I'll listen to that album. <laughs> and I did many years later. <laughs>
0: so it was like an on demand kind of like watch music videos kind of thing.
1: Yeah, exactly. Like, I don't even know if they still do that on planes anymore, but they did on this particular one. And I thought that was so cool. So, um, but then my number 13 album, an album I got into somewhere around 2011 or 12, uh, would be Phobia by Breaking Benjamin. Ah, yes. that album, you know, I went on my Breaking Benjamin kick somewhere around that particular time. Mm-hmm. Um, for some reason, I think you might have suggested them to me or I suggested them to you. To- uh, I th-
0: yeah, it was something like that. One of us mentioned, I think it was probably me, mentioned their first album and I was like, oh, I have a soft spot for that very first album. I think it's genuinely great. And then I think that kind of kicked off your deep dive into their discography.
1: And Phobia is one of my favorites for sure. Nine out of 11 Uh, Dance with the Devil is on there. One of the greatest songs ever. And then number 12 would be an album that maybe you'll listen to in the near future. Um, The self-titled album from Pearl Jam. Um, the The final time we will ever... Hear a good Pearl Jam album, uh, two, 2006. <laughs> so um, yeah, the, well it's the, on it's on my list. That's the last Pearl Jam album you recommended to me, so I'll get there eventually. Right. Um, so highly anticipated album for that year. Obviously, I was I, I was rebirthed into Pearl Jam in 2002. So their 2003 album Riot Act I really enjoyed, and then when this album came out, I was just like, man, this this band is back, and they're doing nothing but greatness. And there's some incredible songs on here, and I saw them live three times, uh, that summer. And, um, Oh, that same year. Yes. Oh, you were just like following the tour or what? Mm -hmm. Yeah. That was my, I did that in 2003 where I, uh, I saw three shows and then I was like, well, why not see three shows in the LA area in 2006? And then by the end of that sixth show, I was like, I'm not going to go see Pearl Jam anymore. (laughs) (laughs) It's a lot of Pearl Jam in one summer. (laughs) Right. So yeah, the final great, Pearl Jam album uh, was the self-titled one 10 out of 12 and then my number 11 album another highly anticipated album from the Red Hot Chili Peppers Stadium Arcadium I know you will deep dive into that album eventually at least you will do Um, so you know the, the the band at at I don't know. I, I, I say they're at one of their peaks with this album. You know, the guitar work is wonderful. The production is wonderful. The bass and everything. I mean, it's, you know, it's a double album. It's 28 tracks altogether. I gave it a 24 out of 28. Good and God. John, Frishanti, John Frishanti can even carry some of those songs that aren't very good, but uh, just got to let some of them pass. So I will jump into my number ten album here. Ooh, let's um, just jump right in, baby. Let's do this. All right. So I am going to play the track Mama from the <gasps> band My Chemical Romance.
0: Yeah. Have you As heard of this the-
1: band, Mike.
0: uh uh, apparently this song is about a celebration of death or something like that like it sounds
1: of something
0: (laughs) it sounds super high concept and like i I don't know if i'm into that kind of stuff dude but (laughs) uh yes Yes. the black parade the highly anticipated third album from my chemical romances following up three cheers for sweet revenge they're basically their breakout album to the mainstream second album on warner brothers or reprise i believe And uh, my goodness, what an album. Like, what a...
1: Bringing rock operas back, dude. I know. Are you set up? Can we turn on the song? Oh, yeah. Go for it. All right. So, uh, yeah, this was uh, one of Mike's least favorite songs originally. Yes. It was you that kind of brought
0: me around to this song. Like, I I was very much out of, like, I don't know, man. Like, the Liza Minnelli stuff is, like, Mm -hmm. comes out of nowhere. And it's, like... I don't, you know, it tonally it doesn't sh- it doesn't fit with like the you know the previous song and the and the song preceding it. It's like I, I don't I don't really know how I feel about this song, but it was kind of like you that kind of uh, brought me around. Like, what is it
1: about this song that you like so much? Man, this song this song like represents the album. Mm-hmm. You know, it's so obscure and carnival-y that um, it, yeah, it definitely and, does have you know, that coming way right after, easy, yeah and coming right after Cancer, which, you know, the death song. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, you know, when he's saying, you know, we're all going to hell, it's just like, it seems like a good natural progression about, like, the, maybe I could be wrong, but, you know, the anger that comes after the death of a loved one. I don't know if you've ever experienced that. Like, there might be some I mean, much sometimes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, you know, this is an album that I obviously didn't get into till 2011-ish and was so blown away by in every sense of it and was like wondering why I didn't jump into this band sooner because I was afraid of spending money at the time. Mm -hmm. Um, This album is just like kind of banger after banger after banger and then cancer comes in and you're like, oh, and then banger and banger (laughs) and then teenagers comes in and you're just like, eh. Yeah, definitely. And then, and, still the low point of this album is "Teenager." I still, to this day, think "Teenagers" is just a poor song and, and a, with poor lyrics. It feels too. It, it feels like a Frank Iero and the Patient song or something. Yeah, <laughs> in, in hindsight, hindsight it kind of does, right? <laughs> so I had a great time re-listening to this for the first time in a while. It's one of those ones I, I don't need wow. to listen to to know how great it is. Mm-hmm. Um, but when I put it on, I'm just like, oh yeah, I remember everything great about this and I enjoy that hidden track at the end Blood, so I give this a 12 out of 14 very cool dude, very cool and it's my number 10 album, now I'm still going mathematically uh, here so so, you know, I'll just leave it at that, if there's two songs I don't care for, then I'm just gonna have to put it at my number 10 right now I, I bump it above the Red Hot Chili Peppers just for that epic quality cause you know, Stadium Arcadium has its epic moments but not as many as this album
0: is. Stadium Arcadium has like almost three albums worth of music
1: <laughs> and you still put exactly. this over it nice <laughs> still put this over it exactly get out of there, here like, John Prashanti. the only downside with the double album there's there's no theme to that Stadium Arcadium album right there. there's a oh, theme okay. here and, and you and you love it so much oh yeah
0: I mean when an, when a concept album fully commits to its theme and executes it beautifully without any sort of like Sense of irony or disdain for their for their audience, or you know they don't treat their audience like they're dumb. You know that like that that's how you know that you have a like a fantastic, um like uh, like concept album on your on your hands there. And uh, yeah, I mean, but especially you're okay. right with you're definitely right about like the whimsy factor of Mama. Like that's you know I didn't really like consider that, um before. But you know I, I, instead of like hearing this song and thinking that it's jarring like i i I now kind of come across this song and it's like oh what a what a what a neat reprieve especially after the emotional Mm. gut punch of like cancer and it's
1: you know and it's heavy as fuck really it is especially when we get to that bridge (laughs) exactly man so yeah this this is like it's it's like just a dark emo metal song that Mm -hmm. i really love and it, it represents what my chemical romance was always great at yeah, absolutely. And well, so you
0: definitely have heard My Chemical Romance's music in 2006. Like what what, what was your first impression of them what uh, you know prior to listening to this album? Like did you just kind of get caught up in their uh, like their aesthetic and kind of like the way they were marketed. No, it, it was
1: literally not wanting to pay twenty to twenty five dollars for an album. That's all okay. it was because I, I was very poor at the time. So it was just yes. like, well, this band forty dollars for like- two weeks. Yeah, that's a lot. <laughs> it's a lot of money. <laughs> it's like, yeah, it's like this seems like a band I could enjoy, but oh well. <laughs> I would just have these 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 fantasies of being able to go into a record store and grab whatever album I wanted. Like I literally would think about that. Like, man, if I could do that, I would listen to this album, this album, this and I will just walk out the door free and clear and enjoy my life. Absolutely. Um, Yeah. That was, that was my life in 2006. Like I had, you know, I I was, I
0: didn't know my, wait, did I, I think I met her like at the end of this year. So like, I didn't know my ex-wife at this point. So I was a, I was a single guy. Like I had a, I was living in like a low rent apartment with my cousin, so I split the bills with him. So I had like a, I had like mm-hmm. a good amount of like uh of um you know disposable income. So literally every Tuesday, because this is two thousand and six, so music came out on Tuesdays. Like that, my my routine was to especially if I you know because I was subscribed to Alternative Press, so I knew which albums were coming out. So my routine was to go down to my local Best Buy or Fye whichever, whichever I felt like in the, I was in the mood for, I'm like, Oh, I'm in a Redlands mood today. So I'm going to go to FYE. So, <laughs> so I would go down to my music store and I'd just be like, I'm taking this, I'm taking this, I'm taking this. And then walk out like a hundred dollars poor, you know?
1: <laughs> and then you end up, you know, enjoying one third of that. Yeah, so, absolutely. So it was the other like, thing, like I, I had spent so much money at that point on albums I didn't enjoy that yeah. I, I just couldn't take that risk any further.
0: It was around 2008, 2009, where I started to come to that realization, especially because, you know, my daughter was born in 2008, so I had to be a little bit more thrifty with my money. So, like, it was around that time I was like, I should stop spending so much money on albums, you know? Eventually, there's got to be a better way. Hello, yeah. there, internet. Hello there. So, speaking of 2006, like I said, you know, there when I went back and checked out this list for this week's episode, there's very few albums that, like, I added – you know, from really recently, like most recently here we got like Me Without You with Brother Sister, uh, which is an right. al- which is an album from the band that we were introduced to from our friend Daniel, friend of the show. And uh, you know, so there was a you know, I have sixty four albums altogether and most of this was I have I had the C D of it for. Uh they mm-hmm. have since gone to um a local music store to hopefully make some other people happy. Uh, but, uh, <laughs> but uh, you know, Tiger's Jaw was another album that, like, I was introduced to post-2006. But most of the, pretty much all of these albums I was introduced to because I bought the CD at Best Buy or FYE. Um, so, you know, shout out to Silver Sun Pickups with Carne Voss. Uh, shout out to the first Bring Me the Horizon album. This is an album that I checked out, like, you know, around paternal or whatever uh but count your blessings that was their first lp it came out in 2006 bruv wow. uh That's you know amazing. uh amazingly bad but anyway <laughs> amazingly bad I, I prior to you logging on to this uh to our recording today like i was watching the pray pray for plagues music video woof dude <laughs>
1: <laughs> woof
0: no i hear you I get it. <laughs> but the yeah crisis by uh, Alexis on Fire came out this year and I, that's not on my list, oh, dude. Yeah. That, that that's the caliber of music we're doing right now. You know uh-huh. we were the world was introduced uh-huh. to the Devil Wears Prada with Dear Love, a beautiful discord again. Woof. <laughs> 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 uh, uh, let's see, Escape the Fate released both their debut EP and their debut LP in two thousand and six. You know I love the the EP, the Dying. Oh, there is no sympathy for the dead fantastic little five-track ep um dying is your latest fashion not so much but uh yeah drop dead gorgeous with in vogue that's an album that you hate and i love (laughs) like the only sorry yeah it's (laughs) the only it's like one of the only deathcore albums that i love taking back sunday with louder now their 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 major label debut that's not on my list get out of here taking back sunday
1: it's it's not on my list either but i like that
0: album (laughs) vano with the search party never came we were introduced to them like all the people who were a part of that ep are now in a band called in spirit we talked about them a few months ago check out that episode we were introduced to a skylit drive with she watched the sky dude like it dies Mm. today one of my favorite metalcore albums yeah the, the she watched the sky ep with the original lead singer uh it Dies Today with Sirens, their second album. It's a, it's a metalcore album that I love. Like, like It's just kind of like a guilty pleasure kind of thing. Rise Against the Sufferer and The Witness? That did not make I've my top ten. What the hell?
1: No, because you might be, dislike that band.
0: We might be talking about that a little bit later, I'm sure. <laughs> and Dance Gavin Dance. We were introduced to that band back in 2006 with their debut EP, Whatever I Say is Royal Ocean. It's okay. It's, it's all right yeah, it's, it's not right EP.
1: no it's johnny craig and dance Gavin dance no <laughs>
0: <laughs> some of the worst johnny craig dance Gavin dance stuff if i if i can be so blunt but yeah dude like what what a year and like you so just shout out to those albums i i didn't really rank those i just kind of focused on uh redoing my 2006 so you might have my t- you might have my original top 100 lists from 2017 there so what i did i just kind of used that as a guide Um, i wanted to judge these albums based on like the 2006 context not so much based around all my favorite albums of all time so there's going to be a little bit of remixing going on here and there Um, but uh, let's go ahead and start with my number 10 which is the lowest album on my 2000 and um, on my 100 and top 100 list of oh, what a trash album made my, tw- made my top 100 uh this exactly. i don't i don't remember if you checked out this album i know listener daniel did because he was he, he recently in on his blog um uh, you can go back and check you can go and read it uh it was for the recovering scene kid.blogspot.com go check them out by the way I, I, we, we're going to talk a little bit about his review about julian baker Uh, A little bit later But uh, I number 10 here Fear Before the March of Flames The Always Open Mouth Now I'm gonna share With you guys here uh, This is the opening track uh, Or the opening After the intro uh, Drowning the Old Hag Now this is like A very like Interesting Progressive metal Like post hardcore Like very experimental Especially for 2006 Um, And and there's no Album like it Like you know I'd I'd be hard-pressed to say that, you know, of of my of all the albums in 2006 that I listened to, like, no album sounds like this at all. And it's very interesting, a little avant-garde. It has this, it has like a it has a very interesting concept to the album as a whole, and it's just to this day highly enjoyable. I go back to it every now and then and just kind of groove on it and just kind of want other albums that sound like this. So. You know when when Daniel checked it out like he told me like oh, you know he, he, he got it but like he wasn't like a huge fan of it so it's like I, I understand it it's probably not for everybody but for like for me and my sensibilities and what I what I what I want out of like the metal and hardcore scene like this is wow what a what an interesting and fun album like I, I think this is an album too that most people can just kind of check out. And just listen to on right. its own without the context of the other two albums that this band has done. Yeah. But uh,
1: yeah, you're, you're listening to it now. I'm listening to it now, and I know that I listened to this band like oh, 2017-ish. Okay. But yeah, I, I I remember enjoying it, but not being blown away. I probably had the same reaction that Daniel did. So uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's 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 definitely like
0: uh, an acquired taste, I think. But like for me, like it, this just hits all of like the. All like everything I, I'm looking for when I'm talking about experimental hardcore. Like this band mm-hmm. is this album in particular does perfectly. Now this came out September 19th, 2006. So Dude. so coming up very soon in the, in summer there we'll be having its will be celebrating its 15 year anniversary. But if you want something kind of off kilter, kind of like left to center as far as like you know post hardcore metalcore kind of goes, go check out the Always Open Mouth a fear before the dark uh, fear before
1: the march of flames nice cool man yeah i, had, right. I didn't remember it if you checked that out or not so thank you for checking oh, yeah. that out. I've, I've listened to everything on your list all all the albums from all the bands <laughs> well hey um i will jump into another album that uh, was recommended by mike it's going to be a common theme from here on out except for like Two of them. But Geez, Lord, you, maybe, guys, you guys fuck already. Jesus. I know. We have <laughs> numerous <laughs> times. Um, but I'm going to I remember when Mike uh told me about this album and how important it was to him, how you know he he has made love to it many times. He was like, Adam, you gotta check out this album, dude. You're gonna totally get it. And I was just like, Man, I'm gonna check out this album. I'm gonna I'm gonna listen to it on my drive to the whiskey A go-go in two oh thousand and eight. I remember put what this, this is on then. And then, like, I've I've been enjoying other Mike recommended bands in 2008, and by the time I got to the whiskey, some 45 minutes later, um, the the song playing now, "Autumn Leaves Revisited," <laughs> was being played, and I just remember thinking, like, man, this album is going on and on and on. <laughs> it's and got on a long days. outro days and days yeah 45 minutes, minutes my god <laughs> who, could, who could sit through an entire album that long and so okay initial listen was not my favorite listen of a city, a by, city the by the light, divided, light divided. divided yeah by thursday um so it's like i and then i put this album away and for like three years i did not revisit thursday until no Devolución came out and i like fell in love with that album and was like maybe i should go back See what I've been missing here, um, and yeah, this this album, holy moly, this is so good. This is this band is exactly what post hardcore is. I, I I can't. If somebody says what is post hardcore, you know, like my eternal question I asked you in two thousand seven. Yes, it's like sounds sick. It sounds like Thursday. You know, the the one song I knew of them in two thousand seven. Mm-hmm. But by two thousand eleven, where I finally absorbed this beautiful, beautiful album. Um, It's just like, there's nothing that's like normal rock music about this band at all. And it ebbs um, and
0: flows and it has like beautiful mm -hmm. themes throughout. And this album, you know, I'll talk a little bit later, but like this album was sitting, sitting nice and high on my best album of all
1: time for a long, 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 Uh, long time. Presently. Let's see. Oh, I see where it's at now. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> so we'll talk about that more later. Ooh, that is that is very high. <laughs> yeah, very, 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 very high. <laughs> so um, I'm very happy that I finally was able to give this a proper uh, shellacking in my brain.
0: Hey, what was it uh, initially that do you, Do you remember like what you were like not connecting with initially? Was it just kind of like I, the, I just the tone don't. I, I can't.
1: I don't. I don't connect with albums the first time i listened to them like i I didn't know this at the time i didn't know that in 2008 especially when you're distracted by driving to
0: la and you got a show coming up you got a lot on your mind
1: (laughs) and you're like i'd rather be listening to albums i know at this point yeah so but no this album is beautiful and i haven't done a thursday dive in a long time so it was really fun to go back and listen to this one again um but currently this sits at my number 105 album of all time get the fuck out L- of here dude get the fuck out little, of here <laughs> a little bit higher for Mike a little bit maybe just, maybe just like a tiny bit 103 or so but <laughs> yeah just, a, just um, a couple hundred steps up you know <laughs> um, and real quick my chemical romance the black parade is sitting at my number 151 of all time
0: so damn teenagers damn cancer
1: holding more, this album back those are two things that I dislike in this world yeah teenagers, teenagers, teenagers with cancer, cancer. yeah yeah <laughs> So, um, but no, this this closing track is beautiful. I could not get enough of it. Re-listening to it this week. So, thank you again for uh, not forcing me to listen to this band until I was ready. And Thur- I Thursday is it. a band that, like,
0: I always am hesitant to um, rec- recommend to people because. Even, um, I don't know if you checked out the, the Lead Singer Syndrome episode this past a couple of weeks ago with uh, Jeff Rickley. Of course. But uh, of course it is. Oh, good. I'm glad you did. Jeff Rickley, God, Jeff Rickley, yeah. God damn it. You know I'll listen on to Jeff guy. Rickley you talk to anyone, even Shane Told. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> even Shane Told. <laughs> but uh, yeah, fascinating interview. And he, he's just a great storyteller. But like, uh, I, I always hesitate to recommend Thursday because I understand that they are kind of like my number 10 album here fear before the much flames. They were, they are kind of an acquired taste. Some people just can't get over the fact that, and especially those older stuff where like the mixing is a little off and Jeff couldn't like physically sing very well. Like that, that is a little off putting to people, but like the, the the passion and the storytelling and the poetic nature of the songs just resonate with me. And it always has. And it's just, this, this is a band that I feel I can do no wrong you know and like I, I just
1: love thursday well, so much there's only one album one song on here that i don't care for and i think it's arc no
0: arc lamp signal flare I, the shower of white that's a I don't, that's a, I don't an even instrumental track
1: i don't even know anymore like i knew it earlier <laughs> this week but i don't anymore because i like the instrumental track <laughs> yeah yeah um <clears throat> so you know it's a 10 yeah. out of 11 My number 105 album of all time. It used to be a lot higher, but uh, a lot of things have have been added to the list in subsequent years. It's been a long four years since we made that Mm -hmm. list, Adam. (laughs) All right, I'm ready for your number nine, Mike. We can sit here for like five more minutes and listen to this track, but... yeah the the, the track is there's still
0: nine minutes to go on this this (laughs) up number nine for me uh, we actually just talked about this album on the show i think last week actually so uh, apologies if i misspoke earlier when i said we haven't come across any uh uh, anniversaries yet but on february 28th 2006 the follow-up to this band's album that like hit and hit hard people were anticipating this album go uh people were anticipating this album for a long time and in my opinion this band did not disappoint i'm talking of course about hawthorne heights if only you were lonely an emo staple dude Mm. and you know this is an album i i don't know if we're gonna come across this a lot on my list but like you know, not a lot of people are, like, crazy about, but, like, I, I, I think there's enough of a passionate fan base, especially particularly for this album, and for the many, many times that we've seen Hawthorne Heights, they can't stop fucking talk, you know, playing songs from this fucking album. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Which song are you playing? Which song are we listening to? Here? Right now we are listening to Language Lessons, Five Words or Less. This is one of my favorite songs on this album. Kind of a, I feel like an unappreciated gem. Um, I like all the songs on here except for the last track, December's. Um, but language lessons I feel like is another is a song that like I, I don't see a lot of love for so you know it, it, it was always you know from from the moment I popped it on uh, back in February 2006 like this was always a song that like I always gravitated to I was just excited when the song came on and um, it, it's got such a singable chorus and you know it's just got that it's, just got, it's got that perfect of uh, Hawthorne Heights vibe you know just just enough emotion just enough yeah, just enough pop sensibilities, just enough of that kind of edgy, gritty guitar work and like, like, like man, like, and, and just this album as a whole too, it's got like, it, it, it's so refined as compared to um, The Silence in Black and White and this is what that album I feel like wanted to be and Hawthorne and Heights, you know, went in with their second album here and they just kind of refined all the guitar work, they refined the songwriting and they... They refined kind of the atmosphere. The, al- the album is paced so well and it's just an enjoyable listen. You know, it, it's not a super short album, but every time I put it on, I'm like, oh, it's over already? And it's just it's just, <laughs> just the fact like these songs are so enjoyable and the songs you know, and, and, and they just kind of fly right by because you're just, you're just so enthralled with the songwriting and the poetry and, and just the overall beautiful nature of this album. And it's,
1: you know, back before we knew a little bit more about JT's—I I don't want to say condition—but uh, mm. we, we learned more about his personality, or lack thereof. <laughs> <laughs> we'll, we'll just say a lot of uh, a, a lot of uh, Dustin Kensrue vibes going on there. <laughs> I have not re- re-listened to this album in a long time. I know it's not one of my favorites of the right. year, but it, it would probably be a top twenty album, I would imagine. I just oh, haven't. Of 2006. Yeah, so. yeah. I, I probably haven't counted up what it is to me anymore because i listened to this album way back this was one of my initial dumps of mm-hmm. the early early decade so uh, yeah I, I, I know i enjoyed it not as much as silence in the back and whites and not as much as uh zero obviously oh yeah i mean still, of, still, of course hawthorne heights would break out of that
0: kind of emo um kind of hole that they were kind of uh shoehorned into like Hawthorne Heinz was one of the bands that was kind of like the poster children of the emo revival oh, movement yeah. of the mid-aughts. So they kind of, you know, especially with their song, um, fucking... Uh, fuck, what's the fucking song from their last album that made them famous? Ohio is for lovers? Yeah, because of Ohio is for lovers, like, you know, people would automatically shoehorn this band
1: into that
0: kind of band like oh this is this right. is this is sad music for teenagers you know <laughs> well, i can
1: remember the the day that i moved out of my parents house and i was driving to my new apartment mm-hmm. I, that was the first time <laughs> i ever heard ohio is for lovers on the radio and like, i was, shit right and here, I was just like this is oh th- this can't be where music is going and little did i know like almost exactly 10 years later i'd be like meeting him in person and asking him to sign my ticket. Yeah, ticket exactly, to sign right. <laughs> sign my podcast business card. <laughs> Weird how ten years can change a life. Yeah. So absolutely. you have this down as your number twenty-seven album right mm-hmm. in front of in front of Elsie, which Good you know God. I don't know what that means. But anyway, I <laughs> think it would still be your number twenty-seven album to this day. Adam, let's just say that
0: we've got a lot of Uh, revisiting to do you know it's been a (laughs) it's been a weird four years my life has been all over the place in the last four years you know so like i think we got to revisit this you know not just because a lot of great albums have come out in the last four years but like a lot of like who I am has changed. You know, a lot of like my sensibilities have changed over in, in just that short amount of time. So, you know, get out of here. Some 41's Chuck, you're off the list. (laughs) (laughs) They're
1: gone forever, forever. No one needs to listen to that amazing (laughs) album. (laughs) So my number eight, uh, same situation as Thursday was where Mike was like, Hey, Adam, check out this, this new album from this band, um, their, their 2008 album. And I was just like, okay, I'll do that. I've heard this name before. And then oh. I did. And I was like, Mike, I fucking hate this album so much. Um, <laughs> There's I, so I much self harm in this. <laughs> I can't deal with this dude's like angsty, whiny nature and his dad's face and all this weird <laughs> stuff. I was just like, I'm not ready for this at this point. And then Mike was like, okay, fine. And he never spoke of this band to me again. And then for some reason, Cause you hurt I my feelings, went- Adam. That's why. <laughs> <laughs> and for some reason, I can't even remember why. Like I, I decided to embrace this more. Maybe it was after I developed my love of Thursday, or maybe I just was like, I need to listen to everything from this band. Um, or no, actually I think it's because their 2013 album had come out oh. and gave such high regards to it. And I was like, maybe there's something about this band I'm missing. So I went back to their 2006 album. Um, called still searching oh my god the band senses fail and right now we're gonna to listen to the song called bone crusher which mm. holy fuck the this, opening this, track is this, after the intro does this song get one in the mood to want to enjoy life and talk about some depressing ass shit because it always like this this song sets the tone for this incredible album and oh, yeah, like it I mean, I wish I would have listened to this album first and I probably would have had a whole different mindset about this band between yeah. 2008 and 2013. Um, yeah, the but, only reason I recommended you
0: Life Is Not A Waiting Room is because that was the most recent album at that time.
1: Right, you know? and so, you loved it, obviously, and I oh, grew I do. Yeah. to love it. It's not one of my favorite albums of all time, but I really grew to appreciate it, and mm-hmm. give it its rightful place in my heart. <clears throat> but this, this album, you know, obviously, Skinny Essentials, episode one from now three years ago like um, we went into great depths about this album and I hadn't listened to this album since 2018 and I threw it back on just to, to re myself and it was just like fuck yes this album like almost perfect all the way mm. through. Um, and I and I again I forget about how much I enjoy it it's like I know it's great I know it's on my list um, now that I know it's my number eight of the uh, of the year is cool but overall it is my number 85 album of all time good god still like low on that spectrum but still this is this is the cream of the cream of the crop Mm -hmm. so and Bone Crusher, seeing this song live as many times as I have now, I can't even count how many know. times they, they've seen Census Veil live. This band doesn't stop playing Bone Crusher. <laughs> I know. Well, they, they, two of the shows, they did not play it. I know that. Oh, right, yeah. When they, when they do play it, the other like four times that we saw them, um, always a good time. Always mm-hmm. a good time. Us and the other 30-somethings bounce around and enjoy it greatly. Remember so, when um, music was
0: at its peak in 2006? <laughs> oh! These young TikTokers, these so, days, you know.
1: So regardless of who Buddy Nielsen is and if or if not he wanted to actually be interviewed by you on that fateful day in 2016. <laughs> he kept this staring album, at me. He kept staring this, at me. I <laughs> this album will always have a special place in my heart. I'm just not a big fan of that closing track, that Priest uh, in the Matador. I, I it's it's a know it's too just on the, the nose. Death, a little too on the nose, and it it could have been I don't know. I don't, I, I can't say how it could be better. It just feels like mm-hmm. a not so exciting song.
0: Yeah. Uh, it is the weakest is song of this entire album. And it's just, I, I think it's kind of a shame that the album ends on a quote unquote weak note, but, uh, yeah, dude, like it's, it's fantastic. I can't say enough about it. Oh wait, I made it. We made a whole like two hour episode. About it. <laughs> uh, yeah. Like Adam said, go check out the, the skinny essentials episode one. And, uh, if you want to hear Mike cry, cry a little bit about his life, but, yeah, so it's dive. a good one.
1: Deep dive. presently it's a great Mike's pick, number, number nine album from my list. But maybe yeah. we'll talk about it later. I don't know if it's been bumped in the meantime. So no, we'll I
0: think that Skinny Essentials episode made me realize what a dumbass I am and how <laughs> you know unenthused about music I am these days. But exactly. <laughs> so your number eight? My number eight is an album that some listeners of uh this show a couple listeners would probably say is their number one album of all time dude uh so not so much for me but my god it's up there uh originals it's 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 very close but uh where, where was it originally uh it's in there oh it's in the top 20 oh wait no it's not it's in it's in there somewhere i'll find it but uh let's just say it is the debut lp 62. long 62 62 mike but pretty close to number one, right? But uh, <laughs> but uh, so my number eight album is of course the the uh, debut LP, long awaited from Seo Sin. Uh, let's what go ahead and to, let's go ahead and just play the uh, the debut single off of this album, uh, "Bury Your Head," the song that everybody was introduced to Cove Reber on. Uh, you know they they released this on the the Black EP, I think they call it. Uh, no, it's called I think it's called the Seo Sin EP. So, uh, kind of like the little, it's kind of like the unpolished version of Barrier Head, which was, of course, re recorded and reproduced um, with um, a very famous producer. Uh, I'll, I'll look it up, but it's in there. You guys all know it. <laughs> you know? It's a fantastic song. And uh, in a year where, you know, bands are putting out albums, Howard Benson's the producer, uh, in a year where bands were putting out albums that were very cynical or about, like, a lot of negative feelings and about, about, you know, just a lot of... I'm I'm talking about, like, my child, my my abusive upbringing. I'm talking about my substance abuse problems. I'm talking about my failed relationships. You know, you got an album, like... Ew. Ew, ew, it's gross. Nobody can relate to that. That that kind of stuff. But, (laughs) you know, you get an album, like, uh, the sales and self-titled, where there's a lot of like positive this is a lot about positivities. it's a lot it's a lot about like community it's about like believing in yourself it's a lot about yeah not giving up don't give up on yourself there's a, you have a lot was, to live for you know it wasn't like this was before the hope core explosion of the early teens this was hope this is the way hope core was meant to be it's not like heavy-handed you know it's not like it's not like i am your savior look to me for guidance you know <laughs> Cove reaver wanted to write an album that's about believing in yourself and looking to the strength yes. in yourself and the people around you who want to help you you know and of course i didn't know it at the time you know i was a dumb you know one 20 year old kid when i was, when i first heard this music I was like but but at the time i was like oh this is you know, it's not as, like, dark as like, I wanted it to be, but, like, you know, it's still <laughs> great music. Like, musically, it's very
1: catchy. It's
0: very exciting.
1: Well, very, you, it's- were, you were three years from removed from your translating the name EP, so, like, the hype yeah. was so high for this. Very, sure very, very much looking forward to this one. And, and, of
0: course, you know, I followed the band's drama and, like, oh, well, this is an Anthony Green and at this point, we already mm-hmm. got like the Circus Survive albums and stuff too, or the one, so, uh, we, yeah, Turn On already came out in two thousand five. So like, you know, so Anthony Green was moved on. So all hope of like a Sin album with Anthony Green was like long out the door. Ha ha! It's a good yeah, thing yes. that band never got to back together with Se- with Anthony Green, right? But <laughs>
1: just to raise our hopes too high.
0: <laughs> but you know, the, the, this, this Cove Reber album was just very much kind of like. I was trepidatious going into it because like this band and and they signed to a major label at this point too so like I was like what is this album gonna be dude like is it even gonna sound anything like translating the name and it doesn't right. but that's not a bad right. thing
1: that's that's okay
0: yeah that's perfectly okay this band this album has its identity all in its own Uh, you know it's 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 it, it, it stands apart from its peers because of its messages and you know it but my god what a fucking
1: voice on this kid you know I don't know. I don't. Know. And this one, at least for me, if you're if you're done, oh, oh, I've changed yeah. the subject over to me. If you're ready <laughs> for me to talk now, go <laughs> ahead. Jesus, you don't shut uh, up. <laughs> um, again, initial dump, early early two thousands. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, I enjoyed uh, the the EP greatly. I I do remember enjoying this album, though not as much as others. I think that if I had been you know, fourteen, fifteen. when this hit, it would have been a whole different story than listening to it when you're like 31. Right. But Um, still enjoyed it greatly. Hadn't listened to it in a long time. Went back and re-listened to it this week. It's still pretty good. I gave it an, oh. a nine out of 12 altogether. Like a so nine Not out of in your top 10, huh? All right. Not in my top 10. That would be more of a top 20 album, but, or maybe even top 15. No, no, not 15, but, uh, very close to being in my top 14. Um, but still great album. I'm very, I, I love hearing the stories about it from people, um, it, you know, Dave and Brandon, obviously they're, they're number one albums of all time. Mm-hmm. Um, so like, I, I can't deny that. Um, but so yeah, I, I'm, I'm happy that this album existed. And sure it is. Yeah.
0: And for this, and for we'll this, uh, and one last thing, like and for this album to just kind of knock it out of the park, like right away after all the, expectations on it. And it's kind of exceeding those expectations. Like that's very rare, you know, and i and, and it's very cool that this album was able to do that.
1: Yes, definitely. All right. Adam, what's your number seven? Number seven was probably the most surprising one for this list. Um, I, I dove into this band. Ooh, she's, I don't even know, maybe 2015, 2016, and not expecting to enjoy very much of them um, and didn't care for most of their early work. Um, finally, around album four, I believe, is when they decided to start writing more mature, uh, Adam-friendly kinds of music. Um, <laughs> and uh, I fell in love here with, uh, I believe, this is album number five from this band in 2006. And I'm going to play the song "When I Die" by the band Newfound Glory off New the found album "Glory." Wow, coming home. Yes. Now, this is highly. I, uh, this
0: is the highly anticipated follow-up to, um, kind of like their major label breakout uh, back in 2003. Yes. Uh, yeah, what, what's what's yes. the name of the song again? I'm sorry.
1: When I die, when I die. Thank you very much. So, um, yeah, I was not expecting this. I know this band took a huge left turn away from their sound, and I was just. I didn't know if at the time that I listened to this if I was just so happy that they were writing music I finally liked or if it was really that good. But now I've gone four years without listening to it and had to go back and re-listen to this album twice this week because I wasn't sure. Like, did I really enjoy it that much? I don't even know anymore. (laughs) Um, But again, they're not like one of those bands that I go back and revisit very much at all. But I always know like, okay, but Coming Home and Catalyst are like, best albums they ever did and you know this album just they they, I don't know they just they wrote it for a particular audience they were moving away from being kid music they were mature guys in their mid mid mid-20s at this point and every single track on this album just like is like love songs that are written so well that have a little bit of rock edge to them and this is like the most epic song I could ever imagine this band doing. This is a this fantastic is, song, yeah. And it's like, whoo, close to the end too. So it's, you know, it's mm-hmm, ending on a strong note. And, yeah, dude. And like, and even the track before it, Familiar Landscapes is such a good song. And Love and Pain is right before that one. And we, most people don't talk about this album much from what I could tell. They're all just yeah. mostly talking about the early days.
0: Yeah, it's mostly nostalgia when it comes to like newfound glory. But this is kind of like where they peaked as songwriters. You know? Mm-hmm. those was around it this definitely time. Definitely came you know? down. Like, I have a I soft think... spot for um, Sticks and Stones, of course, because that was the album that like yes. I first fell in love with this band. But like, right. even I have to admit, like
1: Catalyst and Coming Home is where their best songs are. So this... So, this album is nestled at my number 73 of all time. Nice, dude. And my number 7 of 2006. And I had to re-listen to it twice just to make sure. And then, especially that second time through, I was like, oh, yeah. Now I, I remember everything that I enjoy about this. Nice, dude. <laughs> um, and I wish that they could have continued in this direction. But at the same time, it's they're, they're, they were in the place in the late aughts like where Metalcore is now where it's like we want you to sound different but we want you to sound the same at the same time and it's like these bands just couldn't establish an identity without falling victim to what other people would say about them so they just decided to take the route back to the simple songs that some of them had good hooks and most of them didn't but all the, they left all their good hooks right here in 2006 now I'm if I remember correctly <laughs> this was their last
0: album on a major right? if I remember I correctly think so. I think that has a lot to do with why they changed their sound. You know? yes, changed their their, sound their next one, their next one, I think was uh, their Mark Hoppus album. Yeah. That one's a,
1: uh, like he, he produced without a, without a fight or something or not without a fight. Um, not without a fight. Yes. Yeah. From 2009. So um, yeah, this was their, yeah. Then they went to Epitaph after this one. So they were on Geffen for Catalyst and coming home. Mm-hmm and uh yeah interesting so then epitaph and then they've been on hopeless ever since and i didn't listen to the last one i didn't hear too much great about it <laughs> it, it it no you don't have to <laughs> sorry to say yeah you don't you don't have to <laughs> so Guffin can sometimes make some great stuff and other times it's a struggle but uh yeah it, yeah. it just but, depends on like how they treat
0: their artists you know sometimes if they're just like oh right as a hit or, you know, or just mm-hmm. do the best you can and be yourselves, you know, write the best song, write the best music you can as an artist. You know, it just depends yeah. on, like how, you know, if they get out of the way or anything like that.
1: And then you got the, like, weird pedophile stuff that kind of taints this a little bit. You know what? With, that, there what, was an update name? on
0: that this past week, Steve Klein. Um, yeah, I, he, he but, finally pled guilty. It, or he, he pled no contest. Oh, he had to plead guilty to one of oh, the charges so that they would... sentence
1: to... Sentenced to two years of formal probation and will be registered as a sex offender for 10 yeah. years. And then after and this a was, year or something, he, he, got be, ca- go ahead. he got caught with this stuff back in 2014. It's been mm-hmm. seven years in the, in the waiting. Yeah. I read but his anyway. whole statement. Like, uh, like
0: and I, I, I was like, yeah, we don't need to talk about this on the show or anything, but like, it's okay. No. <laughs> you guys it's okay can look it up 2006,
1: They did something right. (laughs) He he wasn't quite a pedophile yet. Oh, boy.
0: (laughs) Adam, my number seven album was an album that I was very much looking forward to in 2006, just like all these albums. But unfortunately, something about this album just rubbed me the wrong way. I was like, you know, this isn't the direction I wanted this band to go in, especially after the 2003 Fucking knockout banger of an album, you know they. You know oh, they took yes. a little bit of you know they they were touring a bunch, so this album took a little bit longer than you know I was used to for albums to come out. But for December Underground by AFI, oh, yes. we're, we're highly anticipating another AFI coming up very soon. But this fifteen years ago, this I believe was, I this is the peak of their popularity back in the day. We're listening to now one of the singles, Love Like Winter. We've all heard it, we all love it. Even back in 2006 when I wasn't really feeling this album as much, like this was still one of my favorite songs. Um, but uh, it wasn't until I met a young man named Adam where, you know, he listened to this album because uh, you, you probably <laughs> haven't met him. It's, you probably wouldn't like him, it's okay. But uh, <laughs> uh, yo, you, you got into AFI of your own accord, right? And um it was well. It, it was your th- own accord. It eh? was,
1: I had listened to "Sing the Sorrow" like once in 2003, okay. and I knew I liked it. And then finally, I was able to get music for a, for a really good deal uh, hmm. for my friend a low, Mike A low, low price of zero dollars. <laughs> okay. <laughs> and you gave me all the albums up to that point because Crash Love hadn't come out yet. Right. And like, yeah, like I I only knew the singles from this album, obviously, and I was very very impressed with everything around it uh, after that and yeah. i know you were saying like the summer underground doesn't really hit me so well and it's just like i was listening to it like why doesn't mike get this i don't understand <laughs> this is so weird like why am i getting this but emo boy mike isn't <laughs> yes dude he, his hair is covering his
0: bangs too much He can't he, he doesn't understand the greatness of this fucking album and and you're right i didn't and i To this day, like, I don't know what it was. Like, I guess I just wanted Sing the Sorrow Part 2. But then eventually, like, after talking to you, like, you know, you kind of convinced me, like, this is its own thing. You know, they're kind of going in a different direction than Sing the Sorrow. And you said something to me. It was a long, it's not verbatim, of course, but you said something that, like, you should should enjoy this album for what it is and not what you want it to be. It's like, you said something, like, along those lines to me. And I was like, Damn.
1: "I can't believe I would. I can't believe I would be that direct about how you should like an album." Like, <laughs> no, you weren't. That's very bold. <laughs> no, you weren't saying that like in an entire. Like I said, it wasn't verbatim. I don't. I
0: don't remember exactly what you said, but you said something along those lines, where like you should. Basically, like you know, don't go into this with like what you expect it to be, or something like that, right? Mm, so interesting. Um, so I took that. I took that uh, advice to heart. And then I re-listened to this album and then like literally like in the middle of this fucking album, like around like the
1: interview or like summer shutter or whatever. It was like, mm-hmm. Oh my God, this is the greatest fucking AFI album I've ever heard. <laughs> yeah. Like especially summer shutter, because at that point, like, yeah, like th- that one, I was just like, okay, well I can, I can sense the vampire theme here. Yeah. And I really, really like that. And then when you get to the later parts of it is where like the epic qualities mm, start to stand God. out. And, and I, and I think that like, being in my my grunge mode like the, it carried the epicness from like the grunge stuff into this new i don't know vampire core kind of thing mm-hmm. <laughs> so it, like like it bridged I that call world it like art pop you know art pop meets mm-hmm. like alternative emo rock or whatever you know and for some reason, I thought like, well, this is like what all the what all the kids are getting these days. When I didn't realize these guys are like older than me. And yeah. So, <laughs> so I just I, I I probably put it that way. And I know you hated endlessly um, at the end. And I was like, but that song is so good. Dude.
0: It is so good. Like again, <laughs>
1: don't listen to twenty year old Mike. Twenty year old Mike doesn't
0: <laughs> always know what he's
1: talking about. You know. <laughs> it's okay. That's okay. I've forgiven you for those moments. And what <laughs> what year was it that you finally like? figured this album out oh man it was after crash love actually so it it must have been like 2009 or 10
0: so like i was just on an afi kick because crash love and i was unfortunately like reading like internet comics and where people were just like crash love sucks i'm like i should like crash love like why is is everyone hating on this and then and then it wasn't until like after talking to you and then you you know professing your love for december underground to me and i was like and then and then i got it it finally clicked so it's now sitting nice and high over here in my 2006 of all time at number seven it's in my top 10 albums of all time uh where are you baby you are in there wait is it it's number oh it is it's, it's my number, number, 10. Was number 10 yeah number, number 10. 10 album wow. of all time number seven to
1: 2006 yes. but uh exactly. my god so um, we'll see if we mention anything about that album later.
0: I'm sure you um. <laughs> don't like it. I'm sure you've grown to de- I, I th- I'm sure we've become full Soaker where I love it and now you
1: hate it. Now I have to convince exactly. you why it's great, you know? <laughs> right. It might happen. So the newest <laughs> the newest addition to my top 10 list. Ooh, give it to so, me. You know, like I, like I said uh, a week or two ago, um, what I've really been happy with with this age of the internet is relying on the algorithms – to find my friends. So <laughs> nice. um, this this has helped me greatly to appreciate better music out there, broaden my horizons, um, you know, just get me to do things that I wasn't always comfortable with. And you know, when it comes to to bands that are a little bit more religious religiously focused, maybe even with some spoken spoken word elements, I had never really jumped into that kind of genre before, oh my. let alone have ever listened to many bands that did that kind of thing until our good friend, Mr. Uh, Dance Shomo Dance, a.k.a. Daniel of the Recovering Scene Podcast, blogspot.com, whatever. (laughs) Recovering Recovering Scene Scene Kid. Kid Blogspot.com. Sent us a message saying, hey, brothers, have you guys ever listened to this band, Me Without (laughs) You? And I said, no, I haven't. Literally brothers and sisters- <laughs> I turned on this first track. Finally, "Messes of Men." We'll just jump mm-hmm. right in. And literally, like listening to this was like opening up my world again for what kind of music could be out there. Um, I, I I didn't listen to the previous albums obviously i just jumped right into this one album because daniel had said it was his number one album of all time good god uh, i was just like you can tell this must be pretty good this must be pretty good so yeah i think it was about 2015 i didn't really like jump into the rest of this band stuff till 17 or so
0: yeah it was actually that um that paramore track that kind of gave us the push to like really check out this band wasn't it Hmm. I don't or know. were we already I, familiar with them at that point I don't I don't I remember the we were, timeline I'm
1: pretty sure we were already familiar like I, okay. I finally jumped into them after a little bit of time probably okay. just with more Daniel nudging um, but no this album is so interesting and different and you know I, I can't say like all their albums are great but this one grabbed the moment perfectly mm-hmm. and you know it tells it's got its themes it's got its religious elements it's got its anti-religious elements and I loved hearing the stories about how you know it's more about questioning rather than telling anybody what they should be doing with religion which I appreciate more so I had initially given this album a 9 out of 10 way back when but uh no this album's perfect this is the yeah. beginning of my perfect album. <laughs> it's really <knowledge>. good. Yeah,
0: <laughs> you're absolutely right. Yeah, this is an album that I wish I would have listened to back in 2006. And you know, just like with you, I got I got I got into them about, uh, the same time you did because we listened to them together. But uh, yeah, dude, like I I, I don't even think I've I, I I must have heard of them because I was a I was a mm-hmm. proud subscriber of Alternative Press. But I just for whatever right. reason, never no one ever nudged me to check them out. I didn't read any like interviews or reviews Mm -hmm. about this out not like convinced me to check it out so it's just a shame
1: i probably had seen their name on a flyer somewhere Mm because i know i had i had heard of them so um, but yeah so glad that we gave them a listen and i look forward to anything new that they come out with well this Um, this album
0: done for at this point they just been they, they just since 2020 they've been trying to do their like uh farewell tour <laughs> they keep maybe pushing maybe yeah, they keep pushing it because like they they, they still want to have it uh you know it's it's important to them but like you know so for the time being this band is still kind of active but uh, yeah they're not they're, they're not scheduled to put out anything
1: new for a while and so this album is now placed at my number 46 album of nice dude nice right right next to an album i should probably consider deleting the I the Mighty Connector album. Like, I'm really on the fence on when, whether I want to keep that album anywhere near any of my lists anymore.
0: But, uh, yeah. you don't, you, well, you just don't want that album near young girls. That's...
1: that's I guess so. That's, that's all you gotta do. So oh my god, he's next, I made myself a He's next to Muslim Men and um, Death Cab for Cutie can sue me. So Oh, that's
0: another, that. that's another... That's <laughs> another... Oh, that's another songwriter. That's oh boy. <laughs> all right, cool. Yes. yeah. Be without you. Oh Great gosh. pick, man. Unfortunately, did not make my top ten uh, because you know, just like just like with all things in life, nostalgia beat it out, dude. <laughs> but like like I said, <laughs> like I wish I wish I would have gotten into this album in, back in uh, two thousand six. Uh, oh, right. My number six. We already talked about this one. It's the Black Parade. My Chemical Romance, all the way down to number six. What the fuck? Uh, This is the song, uh, I Don't Love You. Uh, Kind of a, a, not forgotten, but kind of like an underappreciated gem, I would say. You know, everybody loves Welcome to the Black Parade. Everybody loves Famous Last Words. Everybody loves Mama. You know, everybody loves these great epic songs. But there's something about I Don't Love You that's just hit so good maybe it's because it subverts your expectations um you know because it is written to be a love song ballad uh with the con with with the premise of i've just throughout the years i've just grown more and more out of love with you and it hurts and it, i know it's gonna hurt you because it hurts me just as bad and it's just a beautifully written song that chokes me up all the time and my goodness is it this this song comes right after welcome to the black parade you know that 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 is some big exactly. shoes to fill and
1: and i think it i think it carries this album it's just like go ahead it's just epic after epic after epic for those first yeah. seven tracks so uh you can't deny this album it's amazing yeah, it's, it's, it's your, your number 13 of all time
0: of all time yeah number six for number six for this uh today's list but uh like, on some days, like, I feel like this is a top three album of all time, you know? G- even given the fact that Teenagers is on this record, you know? I can listen to Teenagers and be like, okay, let's just wait till it's over. It's a good thing it's not a long <laughs> song, you know? Because, like, right. Sleep is so good. Disenchanted is so good. Famous Last Words is yep. so good. And then we get a little blood yep. duty at the end. It's just like teenage what like who, what song was that who, <laughs> who gives a shit like it's, it's, a, it's a mediocre song surrounded by masterpieces so like you know even so even take that into consideration like this is still technically to me like a perfect album because like I, I can't deny like how epic and grandiose and well written and just fan fucking tastic the black parade is you know this was produced by um, Rob Cavallo who you know We recently talked about American Idiot. You know, he produced that album as well. Uh, So, of course, course, so this album, this album is a good company, you know, and, uh, dizzy up the girl, I believe dizzy up the girl. Yeah. This guy's just, this guy just touches masterpieces. So, you know, it's, it's, so Black Parade is, you know, without any sense of, um, you know, playing it up or anything like this is one of the greatest albums of all time. Like, just in the general public like i even think like i read something like rolling stone like this in their greatest albums of all times as well and uh i would hope so yeah so it's it's, it's we, there's nothing i can say to like convince you that it's great because like <laughs> are you the listener on am seeing because like you already know it is like we've all heard it and we we all love it and we can't deny like it's just it's just another album to add to the list of like why 2006 is one of the greatest years in music you know this came out October 20th so uh, right around that time like you know we might be getting some mychem, some sort of like 15 year anniversary thing maybe to celebrate this album maybe a new single come on like let's 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 get the ball rolling you know the president just gave a press conference like this past week that you know we should all like you know everyone should be eligible for you know vaccines by May Some like Yo, dude, like this is this is a major step in like things coming back to normal for bands to start putting out stuff and for bands to do their tours that they put off in 2020, you know? I'm just saying. My cam, let's make I it said, happen. I said it's not gonna happen, but I know you said account. that. That's <laughs> ki- That's why, and, and your bets are out for a fucking vengeance, which is why I'm trying to put it out to the universe that you know, something Black Parade anniversary should have should be happening in October. I'm just saying i'm putting it out there maybe (laughs) well
1: Uh, here's hoping but uh you know the the, a band that we hope doesn't release anything more after 2020 uh is my number my number five album of 2006 (laughs) give it to me man so um i don't even know why i got into this band somewhere around 2014 i I believe just again one of those bands i kept on hearing the name of i'd probably hear mike say good things about them um and, and one of those nostalgia bands for for the for the bands that were big in the teens always referenced to this band from the early two thousands and what they did into the middle two thousands. But that would be the best album from the band Saves the Day. Ah yes. sound Sound the Alarm. That's and right. I'm going to just say let's play the song The End. Track two. Mm-hmm. Um so I, liked, I really enjoyed reading about this album on Wikipedia because I didn't know Chris Connelly went into such a terrible, dark place um, when uh, after In Reverie came out and they were dropped by their label. Um, and he kind of like got super depressed and secluded himself and just started writing these incredibly angsty, angry songs, which was completely different from where this band was on their first four albums. And I think what he came up here was one of the greatest pieces of work that has ever been created nice Um, dude it it definitely has a my chem vibe to it and lesser people would say that he was just trying to be my chemical romance and do a do his version of three cheers for sweet revenge but i say nay i say nay um (laughs) this (laughs) this in his mind before gerard way baby (laughs) i'm gonna say that was that's the case (laughs) um so yeah I, it, it, it's so different than anything else that they ever did and it's so freaking cool um, and it's, it's so heavy and dark and, and brooding and it's kind of what I would think more Saves the Day would have been but their stuff is a lot more dark and brooding but with a I guess just a regular normal rock vibe to it mm-hmm. it never seemed too emotionally heavy to me until this album so I don't know where you stand on this one. But yeah, for me, little...
0: Save the Day for me is just a band that's been all over the place, like both musically and critically and like where they took their sound and their direction. But uh, you are right. That sound, the alarm is like the upper echelon where this band yeah. like probably this should more... have taken their sound for a little while, you know?
1: Right. Um, so sorry, the song is over very quickly. That's okay. That. Yeah. Um, but uh, we'll go into the we can go into the next song here with that bass. Yeah, let's do it. Say Shattered the, the, is the next track. Like after in Reverie, their bass player either got kicked out or left, and they brought in Glassjaw's bassist for this album. Oh, cool! And like I was reading about that and just being like, holy shit, the bass! His name is Manuel Raganan Carrero, and uh, nice. bass on this album is incredible, especially yeah, right here sure on is. Shattered. It's like, yeah, bom, 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 bom. this is a great bass line. So, um, yeah, like pretty much everything about this album is great. There's like a little bit of a low point on on 34, track six, but it's not that bad. And it just all kind of ends in a huge heap of destruction and despair. By the time you get to track 13, hell is here and left me feeling great. So (laughs) (laughs) it makes you want to hurt yourself, but in a good way. (laughs) So I put this one one notch above Brother or Sister by Me Without You. Um, so this is my number 45 album of all
0: time. I remember when we first did our top 100s, and I was a little shocked that like, like you put this up there, and then I listened to it. I know. After that episode, I'm like, oh, yeah, that's why.
1: It's great. <laughs> In 20, 2017, I re-listened to it three times wow. to make sure that I felt the way that I felt about it, because I was nice just thing. like, are you sure? Like, I didn't <laughs> think that this album was that good. But no, every time I listen to it, it's that good. Yeah, the I have to convince, convince myself
0: the yes. anniversary for this is coming up very soon, over on April 11th Nice. have so said nothing about it. <laughs> they not around anymore, right? They did that. I did, did that album from like a couple years ago, nine, and then we haven't heard from this band ever again. I haven't kept up with them because nine was so disappointing. Ooh, that's okay, you know. Ooh. They the the great albums will always be there for you.
1: Right. So
0: number five for Mike. Number five for me. Ah, now this is an album. Sometimes I feel like only I like, <laughs> uh, I don't see a lot of people like, even though, even though I feel like this is this band's best work. Um, no, it's not their best work. It's just my favorite album of theirs. Um, but uh, this album, this is their second LP highly anticipated because uh dear diary. My teen angst has a body count just kind of hit the ground running. It, it was all over the place in the underground. And finally with their big, Boisterous, bombastic. Like this is. I feel like this is this band's um, American Idiot. This is "Heroin" by From First mm-hmm. to Last. We're playing here probably my favorite song on this album. This is the Levy. Uh, this is the one that has like the big, gigantic chorus over there, and Sonny Moore is just singing the fuck out of it. He's just vocalizing with every ounce of passion that he has and it's so effective and it gave me chills the first time i heard it man like i sat this came out this album came out on march 21st bought it that tuesday and like when mother sound came out like i didn't even start my car it was like playing in my car's like cd player and like mm-hmm. i couldn't even start it because like that little opening little synth little sound effect thing like just gave me chills and like I didn't start the car until like track five or whatever. I was just sitting in the Best Buy parking lot, <laughs> like a fucking weirdo, listening to "Heroin" by from First to Last. Like, like, and, 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 and like I said, this isn't the Dan's best album. Like, I, I I have to say that objectively. Like, "Thrown to the Wolves" is probably like, their best album, but like to me, everything that everything about like the emo revival scene like is present mm-hmm. in this album. Like, it's it's got oh, that yeah. style. It's got that emo swagger. It's got that dark. It's got that dark vibe while still being like, by, by still being some by still being made by some of the most talented musicians around, and also West Portland, and uh,
1: I, he's <laughs> that's so, talented. That sounded
0: We've established. That that sounded <laughs> like a mean thing to say. But I'm saying, but West Portland played bass on this on on this album because he's friends with uh, Ross Robinson, who produced it. Um, but uh, yeah, like, it, it, and it's a different direction for this band. Like, you know, I was expecting. You know more Dear Diary, but like they win in like an, an almost an industrial kind of uh, route, and and it's, and it's all for the best because like Sonny has like this weird, almost otherworldly voice to him, and Matt and Matt Good can just play anything on guitar and make it sound great, and Derek Bloom is still one of the best drummers I've ever heard, and like and then you've got West Boylan with his weirdness, like, you know he's he's bringing some awesome shit to the. To, you know to the bass lines and stuff and you know a lot less screaming than what i would expect but like it works perfectly for this album because sunny is just given his fucking all in this oh, in this man. one so you know that, it's, that's that it's it's albums like this why i keep clamoring for a new for first to last album with sunny oh yeah but um it's not gonna happen you know we got it's, those two and singles it's,
1: and it's what? never gonna sound like this again
0: oh no yeah
1: because there's no way they could do this
0: again yeah i mean Sonny like and, and I've never seen this band play live. And, and, and it's because Sonny kept pushing himself vocally. Like, you know, he was always... He's one of those people where, like, people gave him shit for his voice for whatever reason. And, he, you know, him being such a young kid at the time, like, took it very personally. And he would just keep pushing himself and pushing himself till eventually he ripped his vocal cords and had to drop out on a couple tours that Mike over here bought tickets for to specifically see them. And so you know, I, I'd go to these shows from first to last list and be like, well, <laughs> I think I had fun, but, you know, <laughs> but the, I guess I, I guess I you discovered Kyoto, you know? <laughs> right. But, right. um, but yeah, so well, I've still never seen this band live. I would have loved, I, I still to this day would love a first to last album with Sonny, but you're right. It, it won't sound like this because he's had surgery. He even um, got like a nose job to like kind of like fix the issues going on with his voice because um, he had like narrow nasal passages or whatever. So he needed a nose job to fix that. But like, yeah, he's this, this is a bygone era. This is 15 years ago. He can't, I'm sure he can't sing like this anymore, you know,
1: but uh, that's okay. and I've made my piece. This was another album that you thrust upon me and I didn't care for it at the time. mm -hmm. It's since grown on me, not in my top 10 here, but uh, definitely top 20 of 2006. Mm -hmm. Well, thank you.
0: Yeah. And like I said, I understand like, if this is not everyone's cup of tea, this band has gone on to do like better things and you know some not so great things but the but the, the, <laughs> for me like when I think of 2006 this album Heroin is like at the forefront it was everything that I was looking for right. uh as far as music goes you know
1: all right my number four, a number four. On, is number four yes we've talked about these albums so much why not talk about yet another album that we've already talked about <laughs> Well, give it to me, then. <laughs> okay. This one, we are going to play track nine, Kiss and Control. Ooh, December Underground by AFI. Hey, Kiss and Control, nope. goddamn, was the best song, man. If anybody hasn't been convinced by this album, by the time you get to track nine, track nine should take you in that direction. This this is the epicness. This is the Not Your Daddy's AFI from years past at this point, I don't know if I had heard Art of Drowning and Black Sails before this. I don't know how I would have felt about this album, but for me in 2008, finally hearing this wrapped in with what my very unknowing understanding of music was at the time, it really uh, it really hit me greatly. And you know to listen to this, and be like, oh, so fucking good, so fucking good. Oh, Mike, the December Underground. And you're just like, oh, I don't like it so much. Like, but no, Mike, you gotta get it, bro. You gotta. You gotta no, bro, bro, you got it. Listen, bro. This is you.
0: Shake, this is you. Have me on the floor, shaking me until yes. I go unconscious. Just get
1: it. Just get it. <laughs> so it, it taught us that we shouldn't be on different ends of the spectrum. Never ever Time with any rise. album. Rise! I can sing oh that. Gosh, like, dude, this is this is the, the the screaming that I do to my daughter's Disney classics. You know, i just like <laughs> I throw in that Davy Havoc scream. You know about uh, you know the trolls and whatnot. Nice. Get back <laughs> up again. <laughs> so um, no. So but, but everything leading up to this is so good, and then you hit this song, and you're like,
0: oh fuck yeah. Kissing the control just, like, always in, feels to like the like it should have been the final track, but like. We got like three more amazing tracks after this, but like it always has that sense of finality
1: with it, you know? Mm Mm-hmm. So as much as I want to sit here and just listen to the entire song with you, um, we should probably move on because we've already said enough about this album. Um, you've all heard it. I I don't even think, I don't even think I knew how perfect this album was until 2017 with our top 100s. And I was like, Mm -hmm. oh shit, I need to make sure that this gets on my fucking list. Eh? (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. It finally did. Um, I put it above Sing the Sorrow. I put it at my number 29 album. Ooh! You know, that's that's where it's at, man. That's the correct
0: placement. Because where did I put Sing the Sorrow? It's not in my top 10. Uh, You know, December Underground's in my top 10. Sing the Sorrow is my number 15. Interesting, Interesting. right?
1: Quite interesting. How we've all come full full circle now. So those of you out there, listen to Kiss and Control and enjoy the ending without me and Mike right now. But... On to the next to the next album from dear friend Mike that's okay
0: there are certain podcast episodes that we've done that stick out to me you know one of them is uh, a little un, a, a little unknown um, oh wait I'm looking at the analytics here it's one of our best it's, it's one of our more high, most listened to episodes that we've ever done the Skinny Essentials <laughs> uh, part one uh, yes. where we talk in depth on census Fails still searching and how I feel like Each track, for the most part, relates to different aspects of my life. That's my number four album, and we're listening to the song To All the Crowded Rooms. Now, this is the oh, yeah. one of the only lights of positivity on this album, I feel like. This is Buddy's personal love letter to the fans out there who come to their shows. Make him feel alive. Make him feel like, regardless of what's going on in my life, I can go out on stage, entertain you guys, inspire you guys, and you make my life worth living you know and that's his kind of love letter to the fans for me that song you know hits me in a way because throughout my life i've gone through like lots of different things you know I'm, regardless of like how i feel about like you know you know my 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 life as a musician and stuff and you know all the all, all the times i felt alive on stage to me this to me to me the way this how the song hits me doesn't hit me that particular way to me this song hits me in a way where like i am who i am because of people in my life like adam people in my life like my wife people in my wife in, in my life like uh you know my daughter and my other friends who have you know who, who've given me advice and kept me sane kept me going you know and it pushed me to believe in myself and things like that so you know there's a lot go back and listen to that episode we i it, I probably cry at this point, so <laughs> but um, yeah, number four, okay. still searching. It's, okay. it's an important album in my life. It was an album that like I I listened to on repeat. It came out on your birthday, Adam. I don't know if you knew that. That was October tenth, two thousand and six. Should you know when you were out at Best Buy buying your iPod, you should have bought this album too, you know?
1: I guess it was it was probably there. I probably remember seeing the the face because um, I had already heard of Census Fail at that point It was probably oh like, cool. Eh.
0: I, I probably wouldn't enjoy it. That far. Yeah, emo, like, <laughs> I don't know what this emo stuff is, but get it. out. You know, if if you and I, you and it's very possible you and I went to that same Best Buy that same day. It's very possible I was at the one in Riverside, but you were probably in San I was in the San Diego one. Okay, never mind
1: then. That's okay.
0: That's okay. But uh, because I was about to say, like maybe, maybe, maybe we ran
1: into each other. You know,
0: maybe the universe was trying to get us together prior to when we met.
1: That would have been so interesting. Like, oh man, that poor guy with his with his sickly friend. Walking Best Buy. Buying some sort of $300 iPod. Because <laughs> she, she knew she was not going to be around much longer. So let's spend a lot of oh. money. <laughs> that was kind of her mindset at the time. Like, uh, in hindsight. Anyway. Yes. That album is incredible and it will always have a special place in my soul. Mm-hmm. Much like my number three album, Mike, now number I've three. told the story. I have told the story of this album so many times. It doesn't I doesn't shut up about it again. But, uh, you know, I, I had, I had discovered myself in a new band and at the end of 2007, and I yeah, had, like, heard these songs on the radio and I was just like, man, I should check out this album because I bet these guys like this band i'd heard three of their singles and was just like i'm finally gonna give this band a shot and so i walked over to my local target store spent who knows how many gobs of thousands of dollars on this album and put it on and was in love with this band right away and i'm gonna play track nine called worth dying for Mm. um from the sufferer and the witness Rise Against my introduction to this band my introduction into punk music if you want to call it that it's just like opened it opened up my windows and my doors into a whole different scene that I had never been exposed to and was like I I couldn't unlike this album all 45 some odd minutes that it went through and by the time you get to track 9 again just like kiss and control you're like I just went through eight tracks that I loved off the charts and then you hit it any better. (laughs) And then the ending of the album hits and you're just like, wow, I I had never heard anything like this in 2000. Like I of course listened to it more in 2008, um, in 2006, but i had never heard anything like this up to that point and enjoyed, I definitely heard punk music, but I didn't enjoy it by any means until this album took me into that direction. So, um, I don't know if I should thank you or if I should thank the radio. I don't know who to thank for this album because you didn't those... encourage me to listen to this,
0: but well, this is one of the albums that like you jumped into of your own accord. Uh, yes. And, you know, after we, after we met so I believe like you dropped off your car to get it
1: serviced and then you walked to, to target, right? Just
0: because kind of yes, passed the
1: time. Yeah. And then you bought this album. Then, yeah. Then, and then later I learned that you enjoyed this album and then you gave me their previous ones and I was just like, "Like, man like this was album 4 from this band so listening mm-hmm. to those three previous albums was just like I, I, I didn't even know music could do this I didn't know that yeah. consistency consistency of enjoyment could be achieved <laughs> across 4 solid albums um, but it definitely was and it put a lot of pressure on appeal to reason after that
0: Yeah, and you know, uh, Appeal to Reason has gone down on appeal for me throughout the years just because, like, you know, certain songs hit me, you know, uh, uh, on on different albums, like, a lot better. You know, Siren Song is fantastic. You know, Revolution's Permitted is one of the best albums I've ever heard in my goddamn entire life. Suffer and the Witness, Not not my favorite Rise Against
1: album of all time, but my god, it's up there. It's so good. Yes. Like, just. It's not my favorite. It's not my favorite either. Nope. But it is my number twenty-six album of all time.
0: Yeah, dude. Rise Against. Like when we're talking like suffering Witness. Like this is the caliber of music that it has. You know, it, it that it's that we're holding it to. Like it, we're we're holding it to this band's own albums. And it's and it's and the fact that like it's not one of our favorites. It should be should say, you know, to you what how great this band's music
1: really is. You know. Yep. So I have this at number 26, I have The Unraveling at 22, and I have Revolutions Per Minute at 15. Oh, All perfect albums. Ooh, All baby. perfect albums. And Worth Dying For is just, just incredible. I just yeah. love that song. So kind of much. like a little
0: uh, hidden away little gem, you know? It's not, you know, every mm-hmm. whenever people think of this album, you know, they think for Ready to Fall, Prayer for Refugee, uh, even like Roadside. Uh, there's a lot of love for Roadside. Um, mm, such a good song. That's a great song, yeah.
1: Yeah, so good, Mike. You're number three.
0: Excellent choice, my friend. Man, I'm getting so many feels. Uh, number three for me. Uh, this album was sitting pretty high. It was, you know, it was up there on its iron throne. It was up there and looking down <laughs> on, looking down all of the lesser albums in my life. Uh, that's this album has gone down because other albums have taken its place. Uh, when we originally talked about this, this was my number one album of all time in the context of 2006 i'm going to throw this on number three because when you compare it to you know other albums especially the albums that i'm going to be talking about for number two and number one my god this puts me in a fucking bad mood like but it's It's intentional right the devil and god are raging inside me by brand new like we've all heard it man like if you're if you're a fan of this show like you've heard this album if you happen to have not heard it please do yourself a favor and go listen to this and deja intend and Daisy and the new one science fiction. fiction. And like like we're right now we're listening to the song. You won't know, which is if you want to fucking crush it, if you want to fucking ruin your fucking day, (laughs) listen to you won't know. And it's a song about like the fear of death and like dying without anybody, you know, and love knowing that you're dead, you know?
1: And just what that fucking does to you. This is a I song. I remember hearing it in 2011 when you gave me the copy and just mm-hmm. having, that, having that realization while listening to this and just being like, what the fuck is Mike doing to me? <laughs> <laughs> what have you done to make me want to listen to this so bad? But anyway, you, you were saying. <laughs> anyway, yeah, uh, you know, we,
0: we, we could go on and we could do a whole episode about this album, and maybe we will back maybe in November. I don't know. November twenty first is when this came out, and my God, what a what a great way to end the year! It, you know, I'm sure those other albums that came out post this album, but Jesus Christ, like Devil and God hold a special place because there's a lot of art out there that's created. from a negative space and this is just one of those things that like it's so beautiful in its in its in the way that it makes you feel negative feelings the way it makes you process these the subject matter the way it makes you question things about yourself and like the dark places that your mind goes and it, there's there, there to this day there's very few albums that do that to me on the on the way that this album does and that's why I originally put it at my number one uh, so it's my number two of all time now uh, but for but in the context of 2006 we're gonna it, it's gonna sit very pretty here at number three I love it love it I love it I
1: love it I love it I'm interested to see what you're Top two are since oh. this has been dethroned. Get out of here, so, brand anyway. new. All right, Mike. Dare we share what our what my number two is? Please go. get We're in like we're in the same boat still. Well, at least um, for one band. <laughs> <laughs> so I am going to jump into this one as being yet another early early dump from Mike, uh, circa 2011. Um, I didn't know what to expect from this band. Uh, their, the, the first album you gave me was technically like their third altogether, and I was just like, "Sounds alright, whatever, cuckoo." Cool. And then I turned on that first track of this one, and that would be "Define the Great Line" mm-hmm. by mm-hmm. And I just hear this this that fucking riff, dude. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. And and. Never having experienced whatever core you want to call this. This is every um, core. <laughs> yeah, I definitely had not heard anything like this uh, from a band and actually enjoyed it. And so I wasn't expecting to let this album grow on me in such an interesting way. Yet, again, over the course of time, it just grew and grew and grew. And um, you get, you finally get into, you know, track four, or track five, where you're like, where did I just go? In the middle of this album? Yeah. What like, is going songs, on? Are we
0: in a sermon like, right now?
1: <laughs> I, have, I haven't heard, I haven't heard the song end yet, but it's been like ten minutes, and then you realize over time, like where the track changes are, and how smooth it is, and how you just you just roll with it, and you accept it. And it's just like, there is nothing nothing better than this album, except for my number one. <laughs> yeah <laughs> I love Define the Great Line so much, as most people are already aware. And it's yeah. so not... It's not like an album that you would say, like, oh, that's probably one of Adam's favorite albums of all time. Like, And I have to reconvince myself of it every time I listen to it as well. Um, but no, every single time I put it on, it's just that much better and it's sitting pretty my number seven album of all time Ooh, baby
0: where's it sitting for me i would gonna double check over here from it's in my top 10 of all time Oh, well, it's my number three of all time number or in on my original list so it'd be number four now
1: yes. so very very interesting stuff um and 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 yeah i, I can't I keep on thinking, like, I'm going to listen to this someday and and be like, oh, I don't like this album that much. (laughs) But it never, ever disappoints.
0: Yeah, there's a timeless factor about this album. And and the fact that, like, we're sitting here 15 years later and there's still bands to this day still chasing this sound and not doing it as well as Under Oath did 15 years ago. Under Oath themselves are still like, like, oh, we're not going to make another album unless it's, like, better than to find the great line and you know it's it's there's 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 a debate to be had about you know under new music but like this is still the peak of the scene uh for this album right here which is why i put it my number one uh well so i don't know we want to we can can talk about it right now that we can just talk about different albums right now so it's my number one uh because of its um because of its importance the way like it propelled the music scene uh, further and even in this band's history this was the band that got major labels intrad- interested in them they would you know inf- famously or infamously depending on how you want to take a look at it like they declined all of them because they didn't want they didn't want to be that kind of band they wanted to, they wanted to be a band that could you know write music write music for themselves and you know they <laughs> want <laughs> they didn't want to be encumbered by the pressures of writing a song for radio or things Like that, which again, their music nowadays could be argued, <laughs> even though it's they're not radio on a friendly, yeah. Who, yeah, that, that's a debate for another time. But as of 2006, and define the great line and what they did for their peers, you know, you, you know, I talked a little bit about uh last week where uh when we talked about architects' new album being number one in the UK, where her like, uh, we're we're a rising tide raises all ships right like this this is what this album did it brought like the new visibility for this type of music um, or you know there maybe there wasn't some you know prior to this album and and it just kind of it kind of snuck in uh, you know we weren't expecting this album to be as fantastic as it was you know especially from a band that released their you know uh, they're only chasing safety in 2004 it's like you know some people are like oh that's a pretty good album what a, what a cool blending of genres right and then they right. released this fucking masterpiece and then suddenly they just become a different band right and it's like oh my god this is interesting fucking album
1: it's interesting and yeah it never gets old and it's it always like production wise it, it doesn't sound old by any means oh no um, it's unique it's yeah everybody's been trying to chase it for all that time yeah and, to varying um, degrees of success right it. So my number one album of 2006, give it to me, baby. Or, or, do, or do you want to go with your number two? No, yeah. we'll go with my number two even, later. Yeah, it's fine. <laughs> I'm like I don't even know where we're at now. Um, but yeah, sorry to throw you off. It was already discussed. It is my number six album of all time. Oh. <gasps> and oh my god, I'm gonna play. I'm gonna end my note, my on a sad note. Let's play track 12, baby. Oh, oh let's just baby. baby. Let's just play track 12. Uh, I would? Love <laughs> Why would you not want to end it on the most saddest song of all time? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, there, there's, there, you can, you can make that statement. And, 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 and I'd believe you. <laughs> oh, man. Like, and again, after 11 tracks of just like ebbs and flows of emotion, and then you, like, I, I would always forget about this song, and it, it always kind of like surprises me when it comes up and I'm any, cause you know, it's over, you know, this is the last song and you know, this is like the most emotionally soul crushing song of the entire album. And I'm like, why could, why shouldn't it be my number one? I mean, I'm, I can get emotionally crushing with my other five topper albums. Mm-hmm. Um, as we know, except for art of drowning. I mean, that's pretty, That's not emotionally crushing, but it's good. <laughs> I've seen you um, cry so much for that album, man. <laughs> <laughs> I just, I get the chills, I I just zone out when this album comes on. Um, I, I, again, still haven't figured out why you felt that I needed to hear it. At the time, this is an album that I don't want to share with people. I don't want to be like, you know, what you might enjoy is this brand new <laughs> devil and god raging inside of me. Yeah,
0: there, um, there's there's a weird trepidation isn't... when sharing your love, for this because <laughs> then you don't then you don't want people to think like, oh my god, are you okay? Like,
1: <laughs> <laughs> no, I would never wish this album on anyone. <laughs> so <laughs> I, I find it interesting that you felt that i was ready for it at the time
0: no because i knew that you were it, a, you were someone who would appreciate great storytelling and great songwriting you know and and you know great yeah. musicianship as well like this is just a like re- regardless of the fact of the negativity surrounding the the lyrics and the themes and, uh, and you know and the overall thematic elements of this of this album like this this album is perfect and it's it's, it's perfect musically it's perfect with its pacing it's perfect with its in its songwriting sensibilities it's just from the every, there's there's no wasted second in this album and it's and I knew that you would appreciate it you know I'm glad to see that it's here That's sitting it. sitting riding high at your number one
1: right it, it, it probably will not budge from my top set my number six spot of all time um, unless something bumps it off to number seven at some point but uh no it's it, yeah. It, enough has been said. I wish I would have jumped into this in 2006. I don't know if I was ready for it at that stage of life, but uh, I, I probably would have still enjoyed it.
0: Yeah. If we ever yeah. want to depress the fuck out of our audience, we should definitely do a track by track on this some
1: sometime. You know, <laughs> and,
0: you know. Like I said, like I said earlier, like the 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 anniversary is coming up in November 21st. 20, so, right. you know, if we want to, if if we want to, you know, not propose self harm. <laughs> That's definitely, this is definitely the <laughs> album to do that. Uh, my gosh, devil and God, what an album.
1: So good. All right, Mike jump in. I guess we'll, we'll end with your number two album.
0: So sorry, if, sorry if this is a little anticlimactic. Yeah. My number one is, uh, under oath to find the great Line. but I felt like it was the right time to talk about it. But, uh, number two, a city by the light divided by Thursday. Now I want to share with you guys a track here that again, I feel like it's a little bit of an underrated gem, uh, off of this album, I think every every song on this album is perfect. Um, but Telegraph Avenue Kiss is a song that like I just I just fucking love. I think it has one of the best choruses on this album. Um, again, this is this is Thursday. They were still on Island at this point. This is their last major label album. Um, they got back together to write this album, uh, maybe to fulfill a contract uh, thing. But um, but no matter what the case is. Um I'm glad they did. This was sitting high at my number 1 album of all time until Stupid Brand New dethroned them and then Brian Fallon <laughs> dethroned them both. So just this album is just unfortunately getting worse and worse if you want to call it.
1: But it's today <laughs> it's today only gonna, number 2.
0: Yeah. But today we're going to uh we're going to put this at my number uh number 2 uh for 2006 because this was my favorite band at the time, but I wanted to I felt like it was only right to put Define the Great Line at number one because of its influence uh, surrounding not just the music scene, like the, the peers, but also the music scene as a whole. Uh, but yeah, because this band was my favorite band at the time, they're still my favorite band, my favorite inactive right, band.
1: Never. And I love the production on this album, especially oh yeah, like dude. the drum work on this track. Right yeah, here, I mean, it's just, it's got that like 70s Led Zeppelin sound to it. That I feel like again defines what what it means to be a post hardcore band. Mm-hmm. It's like it's not overproduced, so yeah, I'm, I can't I can't put down this album, even though I did once <laughs> down. Like, but again, you definitely. know, it, it's it's hard to ask you to fall
0: in love with an album when you're driving to the whiskey hagogo, excited and nervous about their show that you're about to perform, and you know, so <laughs> so yeah, I get it. But uh, yeah, they're, they're, they're just like with all 10 of these albums that I've shared with you folks today. Like I, to me, there's no wasted seconds and it's just, it's just, it's just an album. I think of all the albums in 2006, this is the one I played the most and I'm surprised that CD still works. Um, but uh, <laughs> you know, I, I've since put the CD away cause I've been gone, I went all digital like in 2009 or 2010 or whatever. But, um, but the, yeah, uh, you know, Thursday again, not a band that every, it's not everybody's favorite. not not everybody's favorite band but when I think of my own personal music sensibilities I love songs that tell a story I love songs that have that marry good songwriting with good musicianship and I love albums that that have thematic elements that, that ebb and flow that are paced so well and when I think of all that stuff you know and you know and personally like I love Music that that's like a little bit heavy, but like a little bit pop, you know. That 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 have that accessibility to it. Like, so when I think about that, I think of Thursday, and when I think of Thursday, I think of a City by the Light Divided, which I believe is their best album. And uh, you know, people have their nostalgia for you know uh, for Full Collapse and even War all the time. And but uh, yeah, this, this is this is where they peaked, man.
1: Some of us enjoy common existence. That's
0: okay. And common existence is there, you know.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I mean, I've been meaning to go back and re-listen to all of the albums because I haven't in quite some time.
0: Yeah, sometimes I get a kick to do that, and I I just listen to like all of them in like a day or two. And that's oh man, I'm just like on fucking cloud nine when I'm doing that, dude.
1: Exactly. I keep
0: me. I keep meaning to get the Thursday Dove tattooed on me, but you know,
1: that'll happen someday. 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 All right, man. That's the end of our list, 2006. It's Woo-hoo! a wrap. <laughs> Good times. So, should we bring it back to the to the current? <laughs> oh,
0: we are here in the year 2021.
1: I guess by current, I mean that I'm going to talk about albums that came out uh, in the past that I listened to this week. <laughs> <laughs> okay, yeah, go for it. What did you listen to this week, my friend? Um, all right, so I, I jumped into Forever the Sickest Kids. Ah. I know you don't have... You don't have too much history with this band. I do not. Or obviously they're kind of scene ish. Like they were popular for their time. They had three albums that kind of came and went over the course of like five or six years. Um, again, uh, some, some Zach related kind of uh, music. The, uh, uh, Underdog alma mater was in his top 100. And I was like, you know, once again, keep hearing this band name. I've, I've made good choices with just given bands shots. I'll listen to this band underdog it's it's okay it's it's pretty good i can't say like it's terrible by Mm any means but it's 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 not like the greatest pop punk band in the entire world it's got all the pop punk elements that you would want it's got songs about girls it's got guys (laughs) talking about their feelings it's got guys talking about girls that aren't that good for them and does it have songs about guys talking about guys guys talking about guys it's talking about girls it's talking about it's got a song called Uh (laughs) (laughs) uh-huh now that's the neon neon pop punk that i that i I know and love i know so it's 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 what you'd expect it's got some good hooks in it um it's pretty good i gave it i gave it a seven out of 12 for underdog that's Um, not too bad man they had their next album come out in 2010 which is called self-titled um, for not self-titled it's called forever the six kids but anyway um <laughs> that album is not very good in my opinion oh yikes I'd say it's yeah like there's there's some boring tracks on here but uh like especially when the first three songs don't jump out to you do they bring the tempo down really a little long? bit is that why it's kind of boring or no it's just it's just like the same the same kind of stuff they're throwing in some electronic elements Uh, which are interesting, but not the best hooks. So um, I gave this like a four out of 11 altogether, but there's a song on here called Summer Song. And boy, is that song a good banger right there. Oh, okay. Uh, So uh, there's that one. And there's uh, Robots and Aliens is another song that I really enjoy. They got a song on here called Bipolar Baby. And guess what that one's about, Mike? It's about a girl. It's about a girl. (laughs) Is she bipolar, baby? Bipolar, baby. (laughs) (laughs) That sounds like a
0: yikes type of song. Like, (laughs) ooh, like you're not handling this situation. You're not handling this subject matter
1: very well, buddy. She's out to get me, bipolar baby. (laughs) Oh. (laughs) <laughs> so not my favorite album But that summer song I like that song a lot <laughs> You'd think that it would be kind of dumb But, but I enjoy <laughs> And then 2013 Their swan song It's called Jack J-A-C-K Which is the uh, initials of all their first names Oh, cute <laughs> So this is the, the more mature sounding Like, hey guys We're going we're gonna to scale it down a notch And we're going to wear ties And uh, make, Red ties? try to make our no red ties, no oh. red ties, but like the the album art, um, I guess only one of them is wearing a tie, but it's all like caricatures of, of them, like you know uh, cartoon character looking things. Mm-hmm. Um, this album's pretty good. This album's right on par with Underdog. I gave it again a seven out of twelve. Um, again, it starts out really poor. like it doesn't really kick in until like the fourth track, and then it ends really, really well. So, yeah, just kind of a lot of hit and miss stuff on here. Um, track four, Nikki. I'm sure Dave would get a kick out of that song. Hey-oh. Um, <laughs> um, and then track six, Kick It, is a really good song. <laughs> um, and, uh, yeah, La La Laney, yet again, another song about a girl that's not good for them. There's a oh, theme boy. here. <laughs> that song is fucking cool, though. That is a banger of a song. So... And you got your, my friends, save me track. Um, you got to have one of those, not the best song. In the world, my
0: friends save me.
1: Yeah. Can you well, believe that? No. <laughs> I feel like I know exactly what that song sounds like. <laughs> so, but, but again, seven out of 12, it's not that bad of an album. Okay. It's just not that great of an album either. So I, I enjoyed listening to them. So that's it. They just heard. have the three albums
0: and they're in and an out They're They're in and they're out. Huh? They're in and out, and they made three albums.
1: Oh, okay. So, are <laughs>
0: did these band or did these band members like go on to do anything else? Or
1: I haven't done too much research on where they've been since. Okay. Except for saying like we haven't officially broken up. I think they've all gotten into the production side of things. Oh, okay. So like they're in no rush to to bring it back at the present. Um. So now I'm listening to. Oh wait, I listened to uh, this album with the guy on the cover like breaking through a wall some sort of red wall and he's going off into space <laughs> i um, heard a lot of people talking about this album so i did my due diligence for the podcast one of us had to listen to it <laughs> yeah i appreciate you doing was, that How how is it <laughs> it's at first i was just like it's not that bad and by the end of the week, I'm like, it's pretty bad. <laughs> oh, boy. So we're talking about the Daily right? remember, of course.
0: Uh, You're Welcome yes, is their newest well. album. Came out the last uh, two Fridays ago. Right.
1: So I like, uh, oh, man. <laughs> I don't oh, know where boy. Is it that bad? There's, still, there's a lot of bad songs on there. And I was just like, okay, well, if you remove the really bad songs, there's still like some good songs here. And then when you break it all down, I'm like, okay, out of 14 tracks, there's six songs that I can listen to and mm. actually enjoy. Well, that's, that's not a, a fun album. Well, that's, that's not, not as a, bad six, as I thought of you're gonna you're gonna poo it though. You
0: know, six. Yeah, if there's six songs in there that you enjoy, that, that sounds like it's at least worth a spin.
1: It's worth a spin, mm. but those other eight tracks are not worth a spin. <laughs> and and like I'd say, six of those eight tracks are just really bad. So. You know, it's, it's a rough album. It's really bad. And, and, um, you know, there's, there's emotional stuff on here. There's fuck you. I don't care what you think kind of stuff. There's like, you know, my grandma died kind of stuff. It's all over the place, man. And (laughs) (laughs) it sounds like it's a struggle for you to even talk about it. Right. So I I think like tracks two and three are pretty good. Mind reader and Bloodsucker. Um, there's this, the next song is called "Last Chance to Dan- Dance," parentheses, bad friend. Not a good song. There's a <laughs> okay. song called "Fuck You Money." Wait till I get some fuck you money. Oh, Not a good song. Boy. oh no. High, high diving is like a like. It's okay, guys. You know, just we're just gonna take a breath and we're all gonna be okay. Um, and then resentment, track seven. Good song, really good song. Oh, okay. Look, Looks like hell. Track eight, really good song, and then you go into "Viva la Mexico," not a good song at all. <laughs> oh,
0: I've heard a lot. Of, I've heard a lot of people like like talking a lot about that song. What's that song about? Like, hey, Mexico, you're
1: you're great. Mm-hmm. Is that it? Arriba, Viva la Mexico. I couldn't wait till I got back home. Arriba, Viva la. Yeah, it's bad. <laughs> Don't even bother. Um, and then you got your "My Grandma Died" song, track ten, and then you got your degenerates track 11 about their friends being like you guys are so fucking stupid but i love you anyway yeah we've <laughs> all heard that
0: song that was the song that they uh
1: they introduced the album to right and then permanent track 12 really good song Reentry, i can't remember anything about that song track 13 and then i think it, it ends on a nice little acoustic ballad called everything we need and i like that song I gave it this album a six out of 14. Okay. I'm not going to listen to it ever again, (laughs) ever again until I have to (laughs) (laughs) at the end of the year. (laughs) I, 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 I feel I was reading comments about this where people were saying like, I initially hated this album, but then I listened to it more and I started to like it more. And I, I, so I don't think everybody hates this album but it's just not a very good album, and it's okay. I've moved on from this band. It's not 2012 anymore, Mike.
0: Uh, part of the, the- we should also bring it up just briefly. Like we we are also both aware uh, that this band is uh, subject to recent allegations of sexual misconduct against the uh, bassist Josh Woodard, uh, and they you wouldn't and, know that
1: anymore. Well, I mean, <laughs> like,
0: yeah, exactly. But we should just we are aware, and that is kind of pa- half of the reason why I'm choosing not to. You know kind of check out this album i don't want to kind of get into that uh that that big mess but the, but we are aware of that stuff and this mm-hmm. band has like since kind of brushed it under the rug and trying to pretend that we all forget about it but yeah just
1: yeah stuff okay gross and i'm really quickly <laughs> because i want to hear your reviews um Tiger's jaw. I won't care how you remember me.
0: All right. So one of the ideas for this week's episode was to do a track by track of, I don't care how you remember me again, came out on March 5th and I, I enjoy this album. I do, but it's, I don't have anything unique to say about it. I just think it's kind of above
1: average. Um, it's, it's a good rock album there's yeah. nothing it, it always like i just remember fans moshing to this music and being <laughs> like why are we moshing to this because we're feeling um, good baby that's why <laughs> i'm just feeling good and i want to bump into people but i i really like this album i gave yeah. it a nine out of eleven um I, I think what is it is his name ben is that the lead singer ben showmo dance ben showmo dance yeah yeah yes <laughs> uh daniel's uh this is daniel's Twin band, band. <laughs> twin twin I brother all, all, all of his songs were pretty incredible and i unfortunately brianna brought it down a couple tracks but that's oh, okay i am, I, Still, I am like
0: exact opposite like i love all of brianna's oh, tracks oh. like i think when brianna's tracks come in like it kind of breathes new life and kind of and kind of and kind of really brings up the pacing yeah. of this album
1: i think it was good for what it was she she's a good pace dissenter. <laughs> <Yes. laughs> <laughs> and that's what's great about this band. And I think this album kind of hit most things on the head and I gave it a nine out of 11. Yeah. It, it,
0: it, it, it's not too different from like Charmer or Spin either. They're not going in like a crazy new direction or anything. It's just kind of a little more, little more refined for their sound and stuff. So if you're a fan of Tiger's Jaw, you're going you're gonna to enjoy this. So that's kind of like yeah, why... Sure that's kind of why we're just like, eh, we don't really have anything much to say about it, but like, it's, it's good. It's good. I'd, it's good. I don't know if I'd throw this in my top 10 at the end of the year. Like, you know, if, if at the end of the year is like great, then like, it's definitely not going to be there, but
1: okay. uh, yeah. And then I listened to Bertie's strange Ooh. Your highest, your highest recommendation from last week. Absolutely. So I jumped in, jumped into his live forever album. And I liked what did, it. What did you think? I I didn't get the Dance Gavin Dance vibes that you mentioned but
0: so um, I I also think uh, so I, I guess because I I was just kind of fresh into it like I was so with with more time with it the Dance Gavin Dance uh reference I guess is a little less overt but I I still contend that like his guitar work is on par with like like uh, Will Swans so I, so I guess I you did. could still kind of throw in the Dance Gavin Dance comparison I but thought- um Go I thought his rapping, his
1: rapping was on par with Will Swan's.
0: Oh yeah, absolutely. So like if, if, if Will Swan was like in a jazzy kind of indie rock kind of experimental right. band, like
1: this would be it, man. So he talks about being hungry a lot, which was, interesting. <laughs> <laughs> um, but no unique of all, of all get out. I mean, this guy was in a post hardcore band until he broke off from them. Mm-hmm. They were called staying inside or stay yeah. inside. I think. So I haven't listened to them, but um, no, u- unique guitar work, R and B vibes, hip hop vibes, um, yeah, I gave it an eight. Out
0: of eleven, dope, dude. Yeah, like what a unique first album part, this like, is. This came out back in 20, uh, 2020. and like I mentioned in last yeah. week's episode, um, uh, my, my friend Matt, who's the guitarist of the Horizon Line, recommended this one to me. And uh, and I do have to say, like, I feel like the first half is a lot stronger than the second half. Like, definitely a big tonal shift after like track six or so. But not the not yeah. that the latter half is bad at yeah, any anyway. tonal shift. Definitely. Yeah, huge tonal shift. So the it's a little jarring. It, it, it's a little jarring in that. Sense uh, as far as pacing wise goes, but if you, but if you're looking for like a unique album that kind of touches upon all these things that shouldn't fit together, but like this guy Bartiz makes it like makes it fit. Like fuck, this is the you can't go you can't go wrong with this one. So I I I definitely recommend people check it out, regardless of what your uh, musical taste is.
1: Yes. So this week I am listening to I'm starting Palisades. The first two albums from Palisades. Oh, yeah. I've listened to a couple and of their albums. And then In Her Own Words was a Dave highlight in oh, his top 100. I've heard a couple part. of their albums as well. And then I'm listening to the Dave Matthews Band album that I never knew came out from 2018 called oh, Come Tomorrow. Cool.
0: <laughs> I will get to <laughs> so, that band eventually.
1: Right. So, Mike, tell me about Adam's Nostalgia Bombs 2021.
0: So I listened to two classic albums. Not just not not just 2006. I'm going I'm going far beyond. Baby, I'm going What do we want to start with? Let's do uh
1: Pearl Jam's Ten, 1991. Okay. Now, 1991. A, presently my number 9 album of all time. Good so if you <laughs> If you say hurtful things about it, like you did Guns and Roses, I'm going, to, I'm going to have to just like take some deep breaths and let things settle in here. I went through this whole mindset last night listening to the album and being like, I'm, I'm really hoping I like this one. <laughs> well,
0: my friend, I am happy to say I really enjoy Ten by Pearl Jam. Like, I, I, this is—you had never listened to it, right? Like, you had never no. jumped into this. I mean, album other in year's than like past? you know, Even Flow and Alive and you know, maybe a yes. couple of other songs that like kind of like, I, I think I'm like X 103.9, the radio station might, might've put on like some, some deep cuts on this every now and then, but like something was like, oh, the, the, the other cuts,
1: you'll, the other cuts you'll hear on verses for next week. Oh, okay. Yeah. But and yeah, a few, a few more you'll hear from Vitalogy,
0: but anyway, yeah. Let's talk about but yeah, I mean, Pearl Jam, like a, like a fucking radio staple in our area back when, You know, we had rock back back when we had rock stations, but uh, yeah, dude, like 10 Pearl Jam fucking Seattle rock, like at its, at its peak, dude. Like, and I I know I probably said that like when I was doing like Soundgarden, dude, but like, fuck, Mm. this is, (laughs) but where, where was this band? Like, I wish I, I wish
1: I was into this shit like in the nineties. Of course, of course. And I like all of the songs Around the singles, because obviously the singles were huge and still get played to this day. Mm-hmm. But there's like the deep cuts are are so good, and that's again what drew me to it. And I, I started in this one my freshman year of high school, so around ninety four, ninety five was when I was staying up late with my friends and playing darts in my mom's backyard and listening to 10 and uh, throwing copper by live Mm -hmm. over and over and over again. And just being like, wow, this is, this is music. This is what music in the (laughs) nineties. This is what I thought music should always be, especially uh, when you hear things like once and uh, why go and Black and Jeremy. It's just like, this is what real music is so mm-hmm. that's implanted impl- implanted in my brain. <laughs> and I don't think I can ever leave that behind. Um, But yeah, Why Go was my jam when I reintroduced myself to this band in my grunge days when I finally uh, really d- d- dove deep into it and always wanted them to play it live. And then they did. And I was like, I think i'm done seeing pearl jam live but anyway <laughs> <laughs> that was in 2006 yeah but, y- um, no
0: i go was a song i was gonna bring up that like because i like, i don't recognize it but like it's no it's one of the best songs on this
1: album so i wonder yeah, like if it, yeah the bass line dude the bass line oh <laughs> that's a jeff ament song that the song was written by the bass player jeff ament and it's just uh oh, it, it encapsulated so much and jeremy was the song that i always heard on the radio that reminded me in 2001 I was like I need to jump into some of this grunge stuff, and then Porch was always so good. There was a show that I went to, I think, in two thousand six, where like before the opening band came out, Eddie Vedder just came out and like introduced the opening band, but he played Porch on acoustic guitar by himself. Oh, cool. Open the show it's just like that. Da-na-na-na-na-na, and we we're just like, like we weren't ready for this. We weren't ready for Eddie Vedder to come out and just start rocking out to porch. So like Wait, the so crowd did wasn't that
0: even <laughs> porch riff on an acoustic guitar.
1: Yep. Yep. Oh, and the crowd cool, was dude. like, like taken so surprised by it. So like nobody was really cheering at first. Cause like you weren't <laughs> warmed up yet. Like the lights had just gone down the first time and he just like, like jumped right into that. And that song always was one of my favorite songs from them garden was always one of those like hidden tracks that were so crazy good with the, with the guitar solo in the back. It's got like that Jimi Hendrix style, Mike McCready just on fire with it. Um, like, yeah. And then uh, obviously deep is a good song and then release the closer. Yes. A very long (laughs) closer, but it's not
0: a, like an overindulgent type of long, you know, it's not long for the sake of long where I feel like, Guns N' Roses was a little, like they were definitely kind of overindulging with self. I mean, they had slash Mm. as their guitarist. So like, that was one of those things like, okay, I forgive it because every time slash is taking the forefront, I'm like, I'm really enjoying the music of this album. But yeah,
1: again, this is a great closer.
0: Fuck. Like this album. is
1: And, and they would, they would open shows with that song. Oh,
0: is that right? Um, That's so so cool. I,
1: I was like walking the dog last night And listening to that song and remembering, listening to, you know, 15,000 people sing along with me on that track and, you know, thinking about where my life has come in the last 18 years. And as I'm leaning down, (laughs) as I'm leaning down to pick up Carlos's massive shit that he just left on the sidewalk. (laughs) (laughs) Memories. (laughs) (laughs) Like I was in a different place in the past when I heard this song before, but yes. okay. So it's it and it's the it's the album that like bridged me to so many people because everybody who wanted to be in a band in the 90s and early 2000s had heard that album and they were trying to recreate that album because it was so iconic Mm. Um, and so yeah i was just like sitting there like i really hope mike enjoyed this because there's there there, the only thing about it is that it's old it it I, yeah, I can't listen to it. That,
0: it does have that 1991 feel to it. Right. But because I'm already, I, th- I think going into this already familiar with like uh, Chris Cornell's music and Soundgarden and stuff like really helped right? because now I already have that familiarity, right? Like, that, that, that was my door open into mm-hmm. this. So I don't know. Like, I, I'm not sure I would have gotten appreciation for this even without the Soundgarden um, uh, introduction, but yes. um, like, but even having that, like, was it? What, did you listen to Soundgarden before this, so or was this no, your like, introduction?
1: No, I didn't listen to Soundgarden until the early two thousands. Right, right. Again, that's what it was. I, I, I knew this album, but no more until the early two thousands. So
0: this was kind of your introduction to grunge music, then.
1: Mm-hmm. So oh, okay. it was totally. Like this is what music in the nineties was sounding like and was going to sound like. And why would we expect anything different into the future?
0: (laughs) I wish I was a cool fucking four, five-year-old and like listen to this shit too. So I was like, you know, there's no way I would have been able to listen to this music back in 91 though, you know? So like, no, but like, I wish I did. I wish I was like familiar with it, at least like in the mid to late Mm nineties, you know? Cause like uh, there's, there's something, There, there is a, it does feel old, you're right, but there is
1: something timeless about it. And I think it's just like the atmosphere, you know? Right. And Jeremy was just such a good song and I never got to hear them play that one live, which was sad, but that's okay. I've made my peace with it. Now I heard why go live. That was, that was enough. Oh, so Um, good, dude. And I was, I was just thinking if you didn't like this one, it's not going to get any better from here. So (laughs) it's like, (laughs) like if my Kate's 10, I'm going to be I was like, if Mike hates 10, just, just go ahead and, and flush Pearl jam. It's oh, okay. No. <laughs> but, well, that gets but me it's... nervous going because I haven't listened to the next album, uh, after this. So like, well, we'll, we'll see right. where we're going. We'll see. Right. I'll, I'll, I'll like give I said, by, like, like verses and vitality are still grunge albums, but then when you get to no code at album four, it's a completely different sound. Mm. And as you go to, from four through seven, you'll just be like, whoa, this is an interesting, Concept? they trying a, to go like band. more accessible. Is that? I don't. I, I. I don't know. I really still haven't figured it out yet. And maybe you and I discussing it, we can come to a realization together. Okay. That's why I want. That's again why I wanted you to hear these albums too. Okay. <laughs> yeah, you want? You're trying to revisit them yourself too.
0: <laughs> yeah.
1: Exactly. So. But um, um, I also right. listened to "Core" by uh, by Chester Bennington's band Stone Temple Pilots. Oh know? shit! I, yeah. I thought you were listening to Counting Crows, but that's okay. Oh. <laughs> I, I guess I forgot. So <laughs> I was like, what's well, fine the two bands? I That's was like, fine. oh, it must be it must be these two. But yeah,
0: Core. That's by uh Stone Temple. Well, I I guess I'll listen to Counting Crows next week. But uh, <laughs>
1: <laughs> No, we can we can jump into STP and and do Counting Crows another day. It's fine. Yeah, dude. But uh
0: yeah, Chester Bennington sounds so different back in nineteen ninety two. Wow. But uh, yeah, dude, core. Like I, I think like as much as I enjoyed uh ten I think I like core a little bit better. Like something wow. about, something about core kind of speaks to me, like my own personal music sensibilities a little bit more than 10 does. Um, mm-hmm. I, I, I think it's a little bit more like not experimental. Experimental is not the word. I guess just a little bit more varied. I, I suppose. Like I, I think this, I think the songwriting is a little bit catchier than, uh, than 10, not right. that 10 a bad album or anything. I'm not, I'm not trying to say that, but, I,
1: I'd say musically man, the, like, like, uh, Robert DeLeo and Dean DeLeo, the brothers on the, on the bass and, or on the, yeah, the bass and guitar there. Like they, they, they take the, 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 the genre into much different direction. I don't mm-hmm. even know if I can call this like psychedelic more, like more of a psychedelic sound. Um, but, uh, like yeah, this one I didn't get into until 94 either. And, um, you know sex type thing which it probably should be me Too'd at this point but <laughs> yeah, that was a little <laughs> like Ew.
0: that's a single wasn't it yeah cuz i recognize that song oh yeah
1: that's that's like the biggest single like velvet yeah. revolver would would play that song at every show still as well yeah yeah um i mean dead and bloated too like that's an x1039 like fucking staple Mm -hmm. that one was my first introduction walking down walking down the street uh, of putting this album on for the first time this was like the first album that i that i bought with my own money um Mm -hmm. that wasn't like a weird al album (laughs) (laughs) this is your first serious album yeah (laughs) right so unfortunately i did not listen to this recently so i don't have it like fresh in my mind but yeah it's it's okay (laughs) because that's totally
0: my fault i could have sworn that we were like we were talking about this one, ah, yes. but it's okay, it's okay.
1: Uh maybe I'll do it's both. Right. I, don't, I don't know. So we got yeah, your wicked garden. Sin is such a good song. Um creep was like the the anthem of my eighth grade year. We yeah, all were just like creep, 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 half the and man I used right to be. There, blah, blah.
0: Yeah, it's right there in the middle of the album too. Kind of gives it like a really good like ebb and flow, uh mm-hmm. with the with, with the overall pacing and then plush, of course, you know big single for them uh right, that was right. on uh that, that that was on um the soundtrack for grand theft auto san andreas which took place oh. in the year 1992 so Very you better good. believe Very i was good. fucking playing that song a lot on the because they had a rock radio station every time you get in the car so you better believe i was nice. fucking playing that song over and over again when i was playing that game but uh, like, cool and then "Wet My Bed" is such an
1: iconic song, you know. <laughs> Wet my bed? What? Okay, what is this? <laughs> fucking <it's> unhinged, dude! <laughs> dude, this dude was on heroin. I mean, this I is know. A, this is this is the heroin chic track of the nineties. Fucking Scott like Weiland, dude! Unhinged. Got, <laughs> is that that's like a sitar in the background? Like, <laughs> like <laughs> what's I, the
0: story behind that song? Like, it's just they were just
1: fucking around in the studio. Like, what's? I, 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 It was always just like a skip over track for me when I listened to it back in the day. But finally, when I jumped into it, I was like, I like this song. It's fine. Yeah, where, at- where am I on this cigarette? <laughs> Maybe it's in the tub. Sometimes she sleeps in the tub. <laughs> it's like, what is going on? It's beautiful. Beautiful. This is like everything that is – the the demented mind of Scott Weiland, right there. So yeah,
0: and it you know, and, and then,
1: it's a, you, and it's a one off throw off, you know, mm-hmm.
0: throwaway track. Like it's, it's, ninety, and to me, like, ninety seconds,
1: 90 yeah, seconds ninety
0: on. seconds. It's not like you know, Guns N' and Roses, where the entire fucking album is about this lifestyle, right? But like, so yeah, I, I, I,
1: you know, I, I just took that for what it was. It wasn't you know yes. too bad. And Cracker Man was another one that Velvet Revolver would always do. I always oh, love cool. that song. And uh, then Where the River Goes, I was like, wow, like what a fucking closer. Like it just, I like, know it's yeah. long but it's still like one of the best songs that they ever did for
0: sure. Yeah. Again, a long closer, but not self-indulgent, you know, it's, it's in that same way where, you know, release mm-hmm. with ten. Like I was enjoying like, I was like, Oh, you can feel the finality baby. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, this and is like almost, big,
1: what big rock bands were doing
0: back in the nineties.
1: Right. And like, they, it's like the, the, the intense, the intention of slowing down the tempo. Cause like everything is in that just very slow, um, kind of kind of groove to it, but not in the same way like other grunge bands were doing it. So it's like a it's a, it's an interesting uniqueness that they had, even though everybody just lumped them into the rest of the Seattle scene, even though they were from LA, but you know, like yeah. Oh, he has, he has a deep voice. So he's just trying to be like Eddie better.
0: So, yeah. Uh, I mean, he does have that, you know, Seattle sound to his voice. Scott uh-huh. Weiland I'm talking about, but like, yeah, yeah the, the, but you're right. The, the, this does set itself apart a little bit from that Seattle scene. And, you know, it mm. makes sense because they're from fucking LA, but uh, uh, yeah, I think that's kind of what spoke to me about it. Like it, it, it does, it, it is a little off kilter from um, you know the, the, the Soundgarden sound and the Pearl Jam sound. So I, I think that's yeah. why it kind of spoke to me a little bit more than 10.
1: That's cool. That's really, really cool. I did not jump into Purple until you and I started hanging out when I was like, hey, Mike, can I get some of those other Stone Temple Pilots albums? I've always been meaning to listen to that band. <laughs> so... It'll cost you. <laughs> right. And then Purple ended up being one of my top albums of all time. I got Core... Yeah. Core is at uh, number forty three on my list, and Purple is number forty nine. Nice, dude. Um, their uh, subsequent albums were not nearly that great, but albums three and four are still really good. So I, I'm hoping that you enjoy those because this band definitely takes a very different turn on sound uh, from from here on. Like Purple has has a similar sound, but they really take it in a different direction with albums three and four. So I'm, I'm interested mm, to okay. see how you how you take that
0: well i do love bands that progress so you know uh, yeah. especially you know going into it with such a short short turnover is a is a lot different right. than you know waiting years
1: for these albums right right it's still like th- this is the best of the best right here at the beginning of their of their journey but uh, yeah great know, introduction to both uh pearl jam and stp
0: for me Cool. We'll, we'll tackle counting crows another day. That's fine. Yeah. I'm, I'm completely
1: <laughs> sorry. I did I, did you, did you recheck out their the first album? Yeah. In I, anticipation I, I, of I I enjoyed going back and listening to August and everything after I was just like, man, I think Mike's really, really enjoy this one. It's, it's on that same, you know, adult contemporary, right in the middle of the grunge years, Mm. you know, the counting crows came out and like hit it out of the ballpark with 7 million albums sold, but yeah, obviously a moment in time, but no, let's take the Pearl Jam STP journey here. I'm, I'm totally okay. We'll do (laughs)
0: do the double grunge nature. Let's see who can, let's see who
1: can fucking, uh, you know, stay in the ring out the out grunge. yeah i thought it would be out too much grunge out, yeah. for you i thought it would be too much at first but that if, you're, if you're if you're down that's cool
0: absolutely <laughs> well folks i think that'll do it for this week's episode man we got some yeah, another big do. album coming out uh, this friday we got the new era album uh yes. i was surprising I, surprising in my inbox this uh, this week i got the press copy for the new evanescence album so just Ooh. like you with the data remember i'll check out evanescence and uh we will, okay. uh, we will we will i'll check that out throughout this whole week and then we'll we'll uh, we'll reconvene on next week's episode my friend uh, so thank oh, you for cool. thank you for you know taking this journey with me back to 2006 again the best year in music dude i think so well, besides, 20, besides 2011 oddly enough who would have thought yeah
1: and, uh, <laughs> according to
0: my two uh, my original top 100 list like 2003 had a lot of great albums as well so interesting yeah we'll have to tackle things as they come you know the 20 the 20 year anniversary of 2003 is coming up so <laughs> <laughs> we'll do that so right, folks cool. for my co-host Adam I'm your co-host Mike and I thank you again for joining us on this journey you can follow us over in discord the link below over on instagram at mike Wears prada over on twitter at the skinny pod and you can send us an email over at the skinny with mike and adam at gmail.com let us know what your favorite 2006 album is and we will see you on next week's episode. Tomorrow is forever. All (laughs) hours.
1: Enjoy that daylight savings adjustment.
0: Oh, God. By the time this episode comes out, we'll all be fucking dead tired. Highest suicide rate (laughs) is the Monday after after daylight savings. Didn't we fucking vote for this shit in 2018? What the fuck?
1: I know. Lousy
0: COVID.